this week on Invasion of the Podcast. I can't wait till they do the live action version of Sausage Party. Sin City, where everyone is naked except for the strippers. And we take a look at 2005 with our box office barometer. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and I'm joined by special guest Nathaniel. Hi. Yes, from At the Devil's Ball. Um, I realize yep. this is the first time you and I are actually talking without our podcast husbands. That is very true. Yeah, so, we've never actually done one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. look at that. Like, we're cheating on yeah. them. It's going to be good, you know. Yeah. That's like, I just think that all podcasting is uh, polyamorous anyway, right? But I just think this adds oh, a little, yeah. little spice to the life, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, but yeah, thank you for coming on. We're going to be talking about Sin City. Uh, and uh, just just because, because I know I asked you to help out and, and, and ride shotgun, and I, you, you had mentioned this, and I'm like, yeah, why not? It's been forever since I've seen this film. And, um, yeah, I hadn't, I had not watched it in quite a while. So there's a lot I had forgotten about it. So I can't wait to, to dig in and get to that too. So, uh, and well, obviously you've been on just a couple weeks ago here talking about the, the, the important documentary Rocky four. Um, yep. we, that was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, that was a great day. That was a good time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, before we get into to the news as is customary here on the show, we have to have at least 40 minutes of small talk. We don't have to, but that's what usually happens. <laughs> so, yeah. So what do you think you get into recently? Uh, movie wise over the weekend? I mean, I know movies are a large part of your life for a lot of reasons. So I don't know yes. what yeah. else you got uh, into. Well, the big one, I mean, I was talking a little bit with this. Uh, I just recorded with Sam on, um, on at the devil's ball about, uh, uh, bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, uh, which was meh. But yeah, we were talking about that, and I was actually trying to remember what I had watched because I always forget. Um, and then I'm like, I checked out my letterbox, and I was like, oh yeah, I did watch um, uh, Megan and Babylon were the two okay. movies I watched recently that I actually really enjoyed. So have you seen either one of those? Um, no, I uh – uh, no, Megan's – yeah, that's the doll movie. Yeah, I saw the theater. I liked that a lot. It was fun. Yeah. yeah I had a yeah. great time watching Megan. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I did not uh, – I was sort of reluctant to watch it because I was like, this looks like dumb Bloomhouse, you know, type stuff. And I ended up having a blast with it. And so I was kind of like, you know, uh, like uh, Dr. Chenard in uh, Hellraiser 2, you know, to think I hesitated. You know? Well, yeah, but, it was like – it seemed like it, it was coming from good stock in terms of like the, mm-hmm. the people behind it and also was Alice Williams. She's uh, you know, she's no stranger to uh, horror, right? So like, um, and just there's, it felt like a a fun update to Child's Play in like a very smart way, and I agree. It, it didn't rip it off completely and did its own thing. And the actress that they used to actually do the body motions is crazy. Like that yeah. whole thing is upsetting because it does that uncanny valley that is very um, unnerving. And yeah. it, and anytime Ronnie Chang's involved in stuff, I'm always down. I like his level, his snark and anger and also surprise at things. I, I like that yeah. movie. And then when I was watching the theater, I wanted to lean over to my wife and be like, Oh, they're setting up the aliens moment. And she would have had no idea what I was talking about yeah. with um, the other robot. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I dug it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I want like uh, that's what I said on social media. I'm like, I want six more of these. Like, well, and I'm like, and go to space. <laughs> you know, like I want one in outer space. Like I want one, you know, with time travel. I want these to go nuts. Because that's what this type, that's what that movie was. It was just like, this is kind of crazy. And I just kind of hope they just lean into it yeah, and just do, uh, do the late, late stage Friday the 13th. Like you and I have talked about before about, uh, you know, my favorite uh, franchise entries are always like, you know, Superman four and Jason X and like when franchise entries go completely batshit. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Mm. No, I'm no. Sorry, Paul. Oh, wait, you said shit. Like, that's fine. Okay. Oh, it's just the random meth bombs have been creeping in now the last few few months. And, um, you know, at this uh, point, uh, if yeah. it changes my listenership from 30 to 29, um, you know, oh, well. Anyway, right. the, right. for the most sorry. part, I try to keep the ex- explicit tag off of anything. You, you know, that's yeah. all. No, I yeah. totally get it. Yeah, sorry. But no, yeah. I want them to, to go bat. Uh, Guano. <laughs> okay. Yes. These, uh, with all these movies, yeah. yeah. No, I did. It was fun. And you said I remember you stated about Babylon that you kind of liked it and you kind of hated it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was such a strange movie. Uh, it's way too long too for one. But um, I was watching it going like this is has these moments of absolute brilliance and then it's almost intolerable the rest of the time. <laughs> so I was like, this is is such a clever movie in so many ways and it's all about excess. And so of course the movie itself is excessive and it's sort of like, you know, but this thing starts with, you know, within the first 10 minutes, there's like, you know, hookers peeing on guys and like, and I'm like, this is nuts. I don't know who this is for, but I my it was airing. In well, the now you have my interest. I didn't, I thought this was a oh, biblical really? movie. I'm kidding. I don't <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, No, I, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it was actually airing uh, at the theater when, my first week there and um, when I first got the job and uh, there were people coming out of it. These older people were coming out of it like absolutely disgusted. And I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, I, I guess it's not a good movie. And then I watched it just this past week and I'm like, oh, that's why they left. OK, like it's really it's a lot of coke and a lot of uh, sex and it's weird. It's a weird movie. I mean, it's, so. I mean, it, it's probably a hyper reality of the time, but probably not that far off. Right. Of that, no. that, that age of Hollywood. Oh, um, yeah. one of my favorite books of all time is Clive Barker's cold heart Canyon. No, that, one of my favorite books. Too. Oh my God. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, how it, 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 it somehow it pulls the trick of, well, one, it pulls the trick of having two different types of evil colliding. Um, and it's like, and they both feed off of each other, which I like that just, I don't know. I thought that was fascinating, but also how, yeah. Like, where's the worst possible place to to put this one source of corruption? Oh yeah, Hollywood, Hollywood. during the Silver Age, which was also its own source of corruption, and yeah. just some of the parties that he would write about in that book is like, I you know, you know, he did his research because you know like that, you know, of course he's going to take it in his own directions, but there yeah. there's um there's a hard foundation of reality in that, right? Yeah, so. yeah, no, totally. It was like the in um, Gods and Monsters, the uh, movie about uh, James Whale. Uh, starring Ian McKellen, uh, where he's, you know, thinking about his old, you know, gay parties, these mm-hmm. big, like, kind of gay orgies happening in pool, by, at his pool. And it's like, it's not fiction. Like, uh, Hollywood in the 20s, in the 30s, was nutty. Yeah. And then they got professional. And now, it, and then it, they, I, I'm assuming it's all in, you know, clo- behind closed doors now. <laughs> yeah, but, now, yeah, now they have like, um, you know, coordinators that make sure that everything's roped off and there's a drop cloth put down and stuff, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. It, who knows? Anyway, 
Uh, so yeah, like I like whatever the the, the previews for Babylon was coming out, that kind of held my interest, just because I there is something to be said for that time in Hollywood that is very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like there's a lot of films that came out of that time that have been just that have been like you can't there you know you can't do better than some of the stuff they put out then too. It's like it's mm-hmm. all it's it's kind of like that same argument about like you know um, that you know when uh, a lot of musicians are like strung out on drugs, maybe that's their best work, but maybe not. But yeah. you can't also argue with their output when they're completely out of their minds too, you know? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, cool. I, I was going to ask you about like um, with, uh, with your, your, your current employment, I don't want to get into it too much, but you do get the chance to see a lot of movies before they come out. If you so choose to, Yeah. does that affect your sense? Like, you're not, you know, you're seeing them for, I'm putting quotes for free. Cause it's, it's a perk of the job. Yeah. Does that affect like your, like when you watch something, well, it's like, you know what, at least I didn't pay money for this. Does that oh, kind yeah. of affect your opinion yeah. sometimes? Oh, of course. But, okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing that I think uh, the only movie that's happened. Oh yeah. I, I saw it when I watched knock at the cabin, Shyamalan's mm-hmm. movie, I was like, this is okay. I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. But, um, and uh, Infinity Pool was similar. I was like, "This is a this was pretty good," but I'm like, you know, I think I probably would have felt ripped off if I had paid for it. So, yeah. So does that also open you up to maybe being like, you know, I, I wasn't interested in this, but it's here and I can screen it before it comes out, so I'll give it a chance. Is that kind uh, of- not not for the screening stuff? I've gone to a couple movies um, that I may have skipped otherwise, uh, like Cocaine Bear. I probably would have skipped that and wait for streaming. Um, but I went there, I went to my theater to watch it because it was free. Um, but no, it doesn't, um, if it doesn't really affect my opinion of the films themselves, okay. it's, but yeah, it does. It, it might affect my feelings about the films, maybe to a degree. But. Fair enough. I, I remember years ago in the before four times, uh, I ended up getting some advanced tickets to see baby driver. Um, okay. and this was like two weeks before the majority of the Kevin Spacey stuff broke. I came out of theater like over the moon about that movie and I kept trying to tell people how much I loved it. And everyone's like, then by the time it actually came out, everyone's like, I don't know about that. So yeah. it was like, it was one of those weird things. Like I caught it at the exact, like at, like at the crest, right mm-hmm. before everything broke. And then everyone's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go watch that. And I'm like, I can't really sit here and talk about the merits of Kevin Spacey anymore. Cause it's right. No, <laughs> no that, that broke my heart. Uh, Kevin Spacey was one of my, was probably my favorite actor when I was 17 to mm-hmm. 24, you know? And, uh, but yeah, once that happened, but, uh, but no, to, to your point. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with, um, the flash is coming out and I'll be seeing it. Uh, you know, I'll be running it for my staff, uh, prior to it coming out, but that's a movie I definitely would not pay money to go see mm-hmm. at this point because of Ezra Miller. Um, but the people are getting around the Ezra Miller thing because now basically all of the, uh, discourse about it is basically, yeah, but Michael Keaton. And so people are just calling it the I'm Batman movie and not the flash now on social media. So I think that's what everybody's sort of like, they're going to justify spending their money, but it's for Michael Keaton, not Ezra Miller. But yeah, I mean, otherwise I would not bother to go see that movie in the theaters. I would just wait for it to hit max. Uh, HBO Max. I still don't like to call it Max, but HBO Max. But um, but yeah, I will be seeing that when it comes out. I'll be seeing that. Uh, in fact, after I get done recording this, I'm going to be heading to the theater to do um, uh, Spider Verse into the Spider Verse. Oh, I'm so jealous. Um, That's um, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm actually come. Like, um, I I'm uh, I'm actually playing hooky for the first time in like ever. 
I've already planned for Friday to um, <clears throat> come down with some spider flu or something. Sure. And I'm going to go see, I just, I adore that first movie. Yeah. And I need to go see it during the daytime when I was pleasantly surprised by the first movie. I didn't think I didn't expect much. And then when I watched it, I went, Oh my God, this is amazing. So yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to watch it. Yeah. I just, I need to see it in the theater with, uh, well, my attempt to see it with less people. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Always. I I don't, I don't understand uh, as a, as a theater manager, I still don't get why we're, why opening weekend is busy because back when I was, you know, uh, even now, if I were to go to a different theater, I'd be going to a matinee. I wouldn't be going opening night or anything. I just, I just have the worst luck anymore with people. It just seems yeah. like that, or I'm just becoming older and more stupidly old man yells at cloud and get cranky with people. I think it's both. Yeah. yeah so I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, but at one point on the other hand, as a theater manager, I can see crowds are getting worse. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I get less and less, uh, patient with sitting with other people in general as I get older. So yeah, I get you. Yeah. So I mean that we have a, a local theater, it's a big multiplex thing, but like they sometimes have like during the day showings at like, you know, like, like 10, 50, 11, 10. I'm like, I, yes, thank you. I didn't realize I was becoming the old person, but like 11, yeah. 10 for a screening go in. And I still have the rest of my day. Thank you. You know, yeah. so yeah. that's how I saw Guardians Three. I'm like, oh, I have the rest of my day to be sad about this movie now. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Versus me trying to go to bed and cry my eyes out. But yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you go take a nap and, uh, and, <laughs> and cry and cry quietly, and then uh, you'll feel better when you wake mm-hmm. up. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, so I had I had an extended weekend, but then the moment my five day weekend started, I come down with the crud. And so all I had for the last five days is coughing and not sleeping. So that was a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, but what I ended up getting into because I wanted to feel better about myself is I watched Generation Kill on on Max, which is that um that's that seven part miniseries from uh it is from what year did it come out? Um two thousand eight. Uh okay. and it was uh it was based upon the book of the same name and it was about um a Marine unit that was one of the first to actually enter um Iraq during um, that, that part of the, like that, that the, the second Gulf war, the one that, um, reasons for justification were fudged. Right. Yes, um, right. and it is, I, I gotta tell you, like it, it is a, it's a hell of a thing. Like I, it doesn't look like it's aged in terms of production value. Like one, there's like one helicopter flying by that looks weird at one point, but everything else in that looks like it could have been produced like this year in terms of just like everything. And it is, okay. and it's, it's a, it's a rough watch because it feels very, it feels very much like a documentary like these, these, you know, these Marines, the way they talk, the way they carry on, it's very rough and offensive, but you also get the idea these guys, like some of them are just kids and yeah. they don't know how to communicate other than this kind of machismo and this kind of also like mm-hmm. you know, toughest man around. And then you also have these other people that have been around that were previously sent to Af- Afghanistan before that, where it's like, they kind of already understand what the rules of engagement are. And it's like, it is, it's a very interesting watch. Um, okay. and I would, I think, I think you would, it's, it's like, it's like seven hours long. So you got it, you got to tuck in if you're going to watch it. But, yeah. um, and also knowing at the time too, like, um, it was co-directed like the first half of the episodes directed by, uh, um, Oh, what was it? What's her name? Uh, Susanna white. And then the second half were directed by, uh, Simon Kelly and Jones. So even then to have at that point, have something like this, uh, be like directed the bulk of it by a woman directing yeah. a series that is almost like, you know, a documentary about the, like the Gulf invasion or not the Gulf, sorry, Iraq invasion. Oh, um, it was, it was a hell of a thing. 
So that was my Saturday. <laughs> it's okay. like, so I started watching. I'm just like, I'll watch one more. I, I know me. Tell me to watch a three hour movie. I'm like, that's too much time. I'll watch a yeah. seven hour miniseries. What's wrong yeah. with me? You know? Same. Yeah. So, so that's all I got into was coughing and watching, uh, some, um, you know, realistic representation of our involvement over in Iraq, um, under, sure. under, um, questionable reasons. So yes. <laughs> very questionable reasons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my weekend. Um, but you know, I'm feeling better. I still feel like I have a smoker's cough, even though I don't smoke. I feel like I have my mom's laugh right now when I'm laughing that raspy, like I just ate a box of gravel laugh. Yeah. So bear with me, everybody. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, that was our weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling better. Uh, you, you watch some cool stuff. I watched something that, you know, happy Memorial day. I watched something about war. That was, yeah, uh, yeah, there anyway. you go. yeah, there we go. So, um, we were, yeah, you ready to talk some news? I got, I got some news. Sure. All right, let's do it. everyone so first bit of news here it it isn't so much what the story is it's the intent that i want to bring up to you and it says how to train your dragon live action remakes cast the last of us actresses astrid okay great um whatever the it's the young lady from the then the first episode of the last of us that's cast in this okay what what my question to you is and i know the little mermaid the live action remakes in theaters now why are we doing this that's my that yeah that's all like um, How to Train Your Dragon, those three films, I adore them. I think they're yeah. wonderful, wonderful films. Um, and they're bringing in the director that actually directed those three to direct this live action version. I don't understand, like, why we need these. Oh, we don't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. News over, everybody. Thank you. Don't miss that. <laughs> I know. I mean, I think we, at least with Little Mermaid, um, it just came out this weekend. We got slammed at the theater. Um, and uh, I will say that, you know, the uh, almost – all of the audience were uh, families uh, uh, of color, you know, um, you know, black people, uh, black, black, uh, black persons. Uh, and I think that matters. I think. Oh, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. of Little Mermaid yes. matters. Yeah. Um, and so that at least I get like the purpose of it. Um, and I, I support that purpose. Uh, but ultimately, it's, you know, it, it just Disney likes money. And that's, you know, kind of what they do uh, yeah. is crank out the, you know, they're the, they're the factory. No, the representation part is very important. I agree with yeah. that completely. And yeah. and I wasn't trying to step over this actress being cast as Astrid because, you know, she is a person of color as well. Mm-hmm. And like, cool, right? I'm like, if you're going to make yeah. it, then fine, you know, game do on. something with it. Yeah. Please, yeah. But I just don't understand the point of it other than the double dip um, because it's like, I know why Disney does it too. It's because I know they're trying to add legs to their library mm-hmm. and keep their, you know, the IP out there. Right. I get it. But it's like, um, I'm going to guess, cause they used to, I mean, you know this, but they used to every so often re-release things to the theater. Streaming mm-hmm. makes that different now. Yeah. Right. But I remember like, uh, it was always a big deal when they would like, you know, bring things out of the vault. Right. Yeah. And they would just be, it'd be easy money. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I don't know why they don't just go, I mean, I guess I want original things as opposed to like updates, but at the same time, you know, if maybe there's the one that works, I know the Lion King, I guess was, um, so the jungle book was the one that people really liked a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so. Yeah. And that's the one that like kind of, 
you know, started kind of sp- well. And the Beauty of the Beast did really well too. Um, yeah, that one did pretty good too. I think. Yeah. I think of it. Holy crap! There are more of these than I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, what else? What else you got? You got Dumbo. You got uh, that's right. Flippin', uh, I did Dumbo. Yeah. Um, uh, Mulan just happened. Um, yeah. There's a Moana one coming. You know, like okay. just. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, um, and, and then the Lion King, but it's like it's just, you know, like what? Like, are they gonna are they gonna do a live action Robin Hood? But then they like uh, just actually use the fox and blue. Yeah, and, I don't know. Yeah, yeah like maybe. Or like, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But no, it's it's it is weird. I actually now that you say that, I'm like, holy crap, there are more of these. And I think Mulan just happened too, didn't it? Didn't yeah, Mulan happened. Mulan? Yeah, like I mean, yeah. I guess if you did wow. something like maybe like if you did like a live action update, like like take you know what, take some of these projects that maybe were a little maligned and bring them up. Like do like yeah. like the Black Cauldron, do that. Yeah. You know, like people are ready for dark fantasy again. Maybe even do like an update of you know, Sword and Stone. Like you can, mm-hmm. I think there's ways to maybe go into some of these other like things that aren't like they weren't the money makers going around. Like, you know what? How about you take another crack? This is what I, this is about to be phrased really terribly. Take another crack at the black hole, you know, like why yeah. not? Like just, uh, you know, whatever. I know that they're possibly another Tron movies coming, but, um, but that's not the same Are thing. Making more Tron movies. Okay. I'm, yeah. I, I will defend Tron legacy. Um, okay. people, people can tell me I'm like wrong about that. And I could tell them, well, the first movie wasn't the most strong story either. No, you no. Know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've even seen either Tron come to think of it. Oh. I did just watch, I watched the black hole for the first time just, um, just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I actually did enjoy that movie, but yeah, like, I mean, even yeah. if like, I mean, like there's some of that time there, there's a lot from that Disney era that, um, you know, they're trying to branch out and it didn't quite work out like that. Um, also I know they, they did uh, something wicked, right. Or, uh, some, something yeah, wicked this way comes. It. Yeah. Um, and it's like, uh, they, you know, they did some other stuff too, but I'm just saying like, I don't know, like you have other animated features that maybe I guess if you want to like bring them into live action, whatever. I don't yeah. know, but it's just, but now DreamWorks is getting into this. So what is, what's going to happen next? A live action, um, you know, uh, was it, um, despicable me with Steve Carell actually playing Gru I mean, with probably. a prosthetic. Yeah. <sighs> oh, Jesus. You know, probably. Yeah. Well, if they didn't now, they might listen to this and get the idea. Yeah, because yeah, you know, I mean, like, finger yeah. of the pulse, right? The show, right? So yeah, never, uh, yeah, never, never say that stuff out loud. You never know. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll greenlight that movie. It's like a riff tracks made the joke at Avengers Endgame when uh, uh, Ant Man says, you know, I don't know, I guess a, a time heist, and like Kevin Murphy goes, "Be careful, they will greenlight a movie called Time Heist." All right, like you know, you never know. But yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's. I, I guess if it has an appeal, uh, has an audience for it, then I guess it's valid. But, um, but I don't think we need it. That's why I but, made the joke about like a live action version of Sausage Party. That is one right. of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I've uh, only seen bits and pieces. I had no. I had no intention of watching any further. So, so yeah. when we watched it, because it got added to Netflix at the time, like right when it first got added, um, my wife wanted to watch it. But then we were at our apartment, which like if you. If the wind blew the wrong way, the power would go out. That old place, and it was like winter. We like we were just like power was out, internet was out, but I had data on my tablet. So I'm like, all right, if there's a time to watch this movie, it's now. Yeah. And even then, like I could tell that like she was excited to begin with, and then she kind of was like looking around, hoping the power would come back on so we could do something else. <laughs> and then eventually, power came back on. I was like, no, 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 we're gonna finish this. You we're know, finish like this movie. <laughs> You sit down and you watch this crappy it's like, movie. It's like, oh, well, you think smoking's cool? Here's an entire carton. We're not leaving it until you smoke it all. You know, it's like, <laughs> smoke the, the whole thing. <laughs> 
So, so yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for whatever's going to happen next. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just, I don't like, I, I, I'm not saying like maybe, maybe the live action of how you trade a dragon is going to be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I have those three films. I love them. They make me ball my eyes out. I don't need like what's next. The live action Kung Fu Panda where they actually, if, if, if only they dress up Jack Black actually as a panda. I mean, well, I probably watch that movie. I yeah. probably watch it too. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm um, a hypocrite. So there is good news today. I saw, um, uh, online that John Carpenter has apparently announced he wants to make a sequel to the thing. Um, uh, and I'm like, you know, there's mixed feelings about it already where people were like, no, don't do that. But then other people were like anything to get John Carpenter back in the saddle again. If he gives uh, a shit, then yes, please give him like, come yeah. on, come on, uh, you know, Blumhouse that you've made a lot of money off of Halloween. You, you can give yeah. him, if you're going to give, if you're going to let David Gordon green ruin exorcist, you might as well let John Carpenter ruin his own intellectual property. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, whatever. Like, just, yeah. I mean, even if you like, even if you want to like try to convince Kurt Russell to come back, I'd be all about that. I mean, yeah. it, would, it would it would give a definitive ending to that first movie, but I, at this point, that's I, kind of the problem. I think yeah. that's why everybody I think is a little bit reluctant about the news yeah. is because it would be like bring, bring well, them both back. Wouldn't sequel. it be great? Bring them both back, both of them, both of the two of them, older, yeah. and they got rescued. And it's like I don't know who you are, you know? Like I yeah, would, <laughs> yeah, it would be difficult to justify because the thing yeah. and the thing's ambiguity is what makes it kind of work at the end of the day. So. Yeah, no, um, I mean, if they did like an adaptation of like the game or some of those comics later. That would be interesting because I know the yeah. video, the actual Xbox game was pretty cool how they updated that. But um, yeah, no, if he actually gives a shit, yeah. he wants to come back and give one more crack at things. Please, you know, like even yeah. if even if that's not where his passion's at. Come on, like you, he's worked with budgets of two million dollars before. If you give him twenty, he yeah. can do something. My gosh, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's just yeah. yeah. And he needs to have, in my opinion, I still feel like he needs to have a, a better final film than The Ward. I mean, yeah. Like, well, I'm going to get there here in a, like a couple months. I've seen it before. I remember thinking it was okay. Like, meaning, yeah. like, I, which, you know, we'll get to that conversation. I'm not saying I loved it, but like, there yeah. was bits and pieces that I thought there were actually some pretty cool, like, ideas going on in some of the shots. But, you know. Is there has there been like an ultimately like absolutely terrible Carpenter film? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm still I haven't seen all of Ghosts of Mars. I'm getting to that next. Okay. Um, and like you know, I just I don't know, man. Like, outside, yeah, I can't really know. think of anything off the top of my head that was like truly awful. Yeah, I mean, I can I can think of stuff that wasn't very good, but I mean, you know, it's even like you know, was it uh, Village of the Damned? It's like it's not like the second half of that movie is just a rush kind of mess. Yeah. But there's enough – it has enough going on that I – you know, it wasn't – it's not unwatchable. You that know? movie like, has a hell of a cast though. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's what brings a lot of that to make that work is uh, everybody's – everybody's pretty committed to what is uh, kind of clearly a fairly mediocre script. Yeah. Um, but – I mean as much as but, I'm kind of still a different to Escape from L.A., there, there's fun to be had in that movie. You know, oh, yeah. like it's yeah. just – you know, I, I just it, it get, talk about like walking out of the theater and being frustrated. I was like, you know, like when it came, I was like, I think I was in high school going to college. I'm like, what was that? And I've never forgot that moment, that feeling, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway. So, but yeah, if he's uh, interested, uh, sure, bring it, you know? It, it like, it, at worst, it's going to be the second best thing movie made, you know? <laughs> actually, um, I don't mind the remake. Actually, the remake's okay. It's just, explain prequel. to me. Why does it exist? Because it like 
like it because okay they always had a difficult task right because that film didn't end with a dog running across the snowfield they failed and if yeah. it ends with a dog running across the snowfield they failed so mm. how do you how do you thread that needle and then it's like threading that needle wasn't setting up every single body part that we saw in the original movie you yeah. know like yeah. th- there was a there was an idea of an interesting like something else going on there that just it's a perfectly okay movie. It's just, yeah. I don't know why it exists. No. Yeah. I mean, it, it exists for in, financial well, in the studio you know, pulling, and, like, you know, pulling out under their, like, what was it? They were going to do practical effects. And then they got that guy. They, yanked. They, they said it not to. Yeah. 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 I mean, outside of like the original who go, like, what was it? The, the thing from another world. I still think that if Carpenter makes another thing movie, it's still gonna be the second best one. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Mark my words, everybody. I'll be wrong. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Good, whatever. Anyway, so that, yeah, that is good news. Hopefully, he, hopefully he can you know get something done. That'd be great. Yeah. So I have uh, I have some uh, uh, silly stories here to throw at you. Sure, uh, secret stories as we call them here. Um, this says a uh, woman woman wins annual cheese rolling race while unconscious. So um, this was the annual Cooper's Hill cheese rolling race in England. That sounds like the most English boring thing ever, right? It's like, yeah. oh, we got nothing else going on. Why? Because the royal family has all our money. Let's just roll cheese down a hill. Yeah, roll um, cheese down a hill. Yeah. Uh, so the winner of one round getting knocked unconscious and only learning of her victory when she woke up in a medical tent. Uh, the annual event in Broxworth near Gloucester features multiple rounds of racers stumbling down the steep Cooper's Hill. Sorry, the steep Cooper's Hill to chase a simulated wheel of cheese. Double Sorry, simulated wheel of cheese. No, 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 no. If you're going to do it, make it real cheese. Anyway, yeah. uh, to, so whoever wins gets a real wheel of cheese as a prize. Okay. Uh, Delaney Irving, who who was 19, who traveled to can- from Canada to participate in the cheese chase, ran in the women-only round and didn't discover she had won the race until she woke up in a medical tent. A video shows her nearing the bottom of the hill where she trips and tumbles and knocks herself out and crosses the finish line. Um, so yeah, um, that, that's crazy. Like, but the fact they're like, I like that. I'm surprised that second place didn't argue that since she wasn't conscious, she couldn't win. But, right. um, they said this unusual local sport has a history of stretching back to at least 1826, but local legend claims it's early as early as the mid 17th century. So yeah. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, oh, here's the last thing here. The modern Cooper Hills cheese, uh, rolling Cooper's Hill cheese rolling and wake wake stands for festival. Um, features only cheese rolling and an uphill race for children to win sweets. So at least you get those little fat kids trying to go up, get up the hill to get some <laughs> snacks versus the adults running downhill to get cheese. This yeah. seems, this seems like this was very much born of a society in which they didn't have much because the powers that be took everything away from them. I don't know. Seems suspect. Yeah. yeah. So would you be part of a race to chase a wheel of cheese? Uh, I don't like running. But you have the you have the hill right. You have some momentum. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I might watch. I, I might watch such an event, but I don't know if I would participate because you know involves moving. I think I that they missed a big opportunity by not calling this the Hunger Games. I think right? that's what should have been. You know, like the winner. Like you chase a fake wheel of cheese, but you actually win like groceries for your family. Like this would be some Running Man level bullshit. I that would have been mm. amazing, right? Right. Uh, right. So. Another another food story. This is from a different part of the world. Pizzeria offers to delay payments until after customers die. So 
in New Zealand, uh, a pizza, uh, a pizza, a New Zealand based pizza chain, if I could read right, is offering an unusual proposition to customers. Buy now, pay when you die. Hell Pizza announced the afterlife pay promotion because they were inspired by the buy now, pay later schemes adopted by several New Zealand businesses. I, I like the intent here. Like, listen, they're kind of they're kind of saying screw you to everybody else. This because this is terrible. We're seeing a growing number of people using schemes to buy essential items like food, and we think it's taking a step too far. When you got quick service restaurants like ours being asked to buy now, pay later for what is considered a treat, especially when you consider people are falling behind in their payments, and ten point five percent of loans in New Zealand are are, are in arrears, meaning like. People like the juice is running for people actually doing buy now, pay later for food. Right. That is, you know, I, there's probably people seeing this here in America and be like, you know what? That's capitalism. We should make that work. Anyway. Yeah. So the pizzeria said 666 customers in New Zealand and 666 customers in Australia will be chosen for the afterlife pay program, which will delay payments for pizza until the customer is shuffled off this moral coil. Those chosen will be invited to sign a real amendment to their wills, allowing the cost of the pizza to be collected upon death. Here's the best part. No interest or fees will apply, and the agreement is legally binding. So they're not going to be charged additional fees because they, they're buying pizza now. But once they have passed, the estate has to pay for any pizza that they bought from Hell Pizza. <laughs> That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I would say, like, if they gave that to me, um, they have no idea how much debt I'm willing to roll into in my death. Come and get yeah. it. You know, like just- I don't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of my one of my uh, one of my best friends. Uh, uh, he's he's passed on. Um, he did that. He had like seven college degrees, seven or eight college degrees. And when asked about paying it back, he went, "I'm going to die before that happens." And he did. So it, you know, he was kind of like, you know, I don't care. I'm going to die eventually. And yeah. then poor guy did die, but, um, that, and so, died so enough, my but. student loan debt, like, which I, I mean, I'm sure in America, they find a way to tie it to, they'll be like, Hey, you once helped that guy uh, across the street. You know, you know, you're, you're now responsible for your, like now that we've done this podcast, Nathaniel, I think you're going to be part, partly responsible for some of my student loan debt. I think that's how yeah. it works. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They'll find a way, but yeah, I think, um, I, I don't, I never found out what happened about that, but basically yeah, I think that it was more or less like his debt's out there somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, of course it, yeah. I, like, there has to be this, like, it's almost like if somebody acknowledges it, that it probably, the clock's ticking again, probably scenario, right. That happens with a lot of medical debt, but yeah, the idea it's like, I can have people like the idea that the thing that you could wait to pay for until after your death could be the thing that accelerates your death. Yeah. Whatever. Like, Credit yeah. to you, Hell Pizza. At least you. Well, yeah. I mean, technically, you are eating free pizza for the rest of your life. Yes, right. Yeah, that could kill you. Yeah, yeah. Like just, you know, there's going to be that one person that's like, you know, they've had a bad week. They're like, you know what? I'm going to Hell Pizza. Why? It's like they know why, and like they just sit there, and well, it's just very end up much being Papa John. You know, like, <laughs> like the they'll get the Papa John sweats, right, or whatever. Yeah, like <laughs> sweat guy. Yeah. Like, I ate, I ate 15 pizzas this week, and yeah. I feel fine. Yes. And he looks like he's about yeah. to. Die. Yeah, like I'll never have I'll I'll never have a solid stool again, but I'm feeling fine anyway. So, so yeah, I did, but I also like I like some of the I mean I know this it's all like it's a it's a corporate thing in terms of like we're gonna kind of stick it to the man, but they're pointing out the absurdity of this buy now pay later for essential yes. items, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's important because I think absurdity is a great tool. I mean, unfortunately, it's it's not as effective as it once was because I think absurdity also brings shame. 
that shame will sometimes create change. But I mm-hmm. think people that are already being heinous and evil, shame doesn't work the way it used to, you yeah. know? And, yeah. but they don't have it anymore. Yeah. No. Right. Like yeah. when they're like, just when they're starting to say the quiet parts, very, very loud. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Just today, Memorial day, uh, some Trump, uh, Trump, uh, whatever you call it, rally or whatever. And they're just Nazi flags, yep. Nazi salutes. It's like, you know, you know, and I, I saw this recently. I think I, it was um, it's a gentleman from the civil rights era uh, who had said um, it may have been Malcolm X. Um, yeah, maybe it was uh, it, the quote of being a uh, uh, past uh, peaceful resistance only matters if your opponent has a conscience and America doesn't have a conscience. And I think that's truer now than it's ever been in the past. There is no it, it, I mean, it just it, it destroys me. Just because like knowing that there are, there are large pockets of compassion, understanding and caring. It's just that like, these are also people that they're, 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 well, there becomes a thing with compassion and understanding and caring that like, you don't, you like, it's not in your nature to upset others because you care about everybody. Right. right. So, so then those that don't, they end up getting to the head of the line because like, you know, they just like the whole target thing with like um, the pride uh, clothing thing that happened where they yeah. re- removed a lot of it. Cause they're like, Oh, that's offensive to me. It's like, um, okay. But when they bring out their Christmas stuff, you know, cause that's mm. showing a, a favoritism towards a certain holiday tradition. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause evidently one of the items was an LGBTQ, like a uh, gingerbread house celebrating pride. And everyone's like, Oh, I thought this was only for Christmas. So I'm like, I, you know, I don't know about you, Nathaniel. I've read the Bible. Um, like I've read the Old Testament once all the way through. A lot of begats. Um, mm-hmm. And then I read the New Testament twice. Um, there was never a bit in there about when gingerbread houses should be appropriately used. No. Um, you know. Uh, there's, there- there's very little about uh- – about gay people yeah. in any of it. Yeah. There, there's but, definitely about one guy selling his birthright for a bowl of soup, but that, you know, that's completely different, right? Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, you know, also there's a whole thing too, where that, that really cool Jesus guy got pissed at, uh, people in the, the, the temple, you know, using it for business. I don't know. Yeah. Seems mm-hmm. weird. I don't know. It's almost as if this document that has been translated to like, you know, you know, in a lot of ways that may not be in, intentionally written as intended at the time, even then written by people who had their own agendas. It's almost as if you get to pick and choose the bits and pieces that you want to justify your position. Right. And then the other parts, you know, um, Oh wait, um, divorce is bad. Yeah. But not for me. Right. You know, anyway, like I like the whole thing too. It's like, you know, like the, um, you know, ob- obesity is a sin, but it's like, but you know, but I do love pancakes. It's not really yeah. in the Bible, but anyway, like, um, uh, yeah, anyway, so I I do think that things are getting more and more, not divided is not the right word, um, people are latching on to things that think that, that, that identify them and they wrap on it too, so tightly that they don't take a second to consider that like, why am I fighting about this? Right. Just because I, because I, I have to be right, because if I'm not right, then everything else that I have to reconsider. And I, right. I don't have time to reconsider my positions with anything because I might change and grow as a person. Right. 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 Anyway. Yep. Yeah. So 
Yeah, good on you, Hell Pizza. That's what I got to say about that. Challenging. Sure. Challenge. I so, agree with that. Yeah. So, last story here. Uh, DC man fights to keep giant Transformer statues outside his home. Um, I'm going to send you uh, the, just the link to this story so you can see the thumbnail of the video. So you can okay. see the statues. Because at first, I'm like, well, if he, okay, if he has his own home, you know, decorate how you want, right? So, at first, I was with him. And then I saw where the statues are. Then I'm kind of not with him, but I'm also still kind of with him because they're kind of great. So uh, a Washington DC man is fighting to keep this giant transformer statues outside his home. He's involved and he's involved actors from the franchise's efforts. Once you find out the money involved in this, you can tell he's paid these guys to show up. Newton Howard, a renowned brain scientist. <laughs> I know that's a real thing, but I'm a brain scientist. Okay, great. Uh, commissioned an artist to create the massive statues of uh, Bumblebee and Optimus Prime from old car parts in January 2021. The installation of the two Transformer sculptures quickly received complaints from his neighbors. Uh, Nathaniel, why do you think his neighbors would be complaining about it? You saw? Did you see the thumbnail? Uh, I didn't. Oh. I, I saw the I saw the URL. Do I click on the URL? Click, click on that. It'll bring up the story, and you'll see the thumbnail. Okay. Okay. Hit me one um, more time. Yeah. And I'll take a look. Yeah. I said I said it via Skype. I don't know if um, you already. It popped up on my screen. And, oh, in the chat. Yeah, in the chat. Okay, hang on. All right, yeah, there's the thumbnail. Okay. Yeah. So, but if you click on the story, you'll see like the 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 link for the YouTube video. But you see him standing outside of his uh, home in DC with okay. the statues. Loading, loading. Yeah. Let's see. Uh oh yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. If he owns that entire like structure, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he has enough money, but it also kind of feels like it's like a townhouse or something. I yeah. don't know. It's very confusing. Um, I also like that there's like, was it a Kia Soul off to the right that looks very sad in comparison to the two robots? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So he commissioned, he paid a lot of money for these, right? So uh, Howard's neighbors in Georgetown complain the statues don't match the neighborhood's aesthetic. I mean, is there an aesthetic for Transformers? I don't know. Um, like, what's the aesthetic for Georgetown? The Exorcist? Uh, I don't know, I guess. Well, because yeah, that's, yeah. that's where the original movie was set, right? Like, yeah. Is, yeah. is the original aesthetic uh, Father Karras throwing himself out across, like, multiple stairs? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so. I don't know. The stairs are the stairs are a, uh, are a tourist attraction. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. But, but, like, oh, oh, that movie about possession. That's, you know, that fits here. Not robots made out of car parts. Um, so they also say it's a safety hazard due to the, to drawing in a steady stream of visitors seeking photos with the Autobots. I'll be honest. If I was nearby, I would get my photos with those things. It'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So then the statues were a subject of discussion at the district's monthly public safety committee meeting, uh, which was held virtually on Thursday. Howard brought along actors, Peter Cullen. And Dan Gilvezian to speak in favor of the artworks. Uh, Colin has voiced Optimus Prime in numerous animated and live action Transformers projects, and Gilvezian voiced Bumblebee in the original 84 to 87 Transformers series. So, you know, he paid money. You know, so absolutely to, to get Colin to show up, right? Virtually. Yeah. To, to, but, but also, if Peter Collins, if he's doing the Optimus Prime voice, how could anybody um, at that meeting not just be like, you know what? You're right. You just keep this, you son of a bitch. You keep them here, right? So, totally. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I just I just wanted to wanted to show that. I also like that. Um, what was it? Um, what was it? People said that they're a sore thumb. So, um, uh, what was it? Gilzavian, the guy who played Bumblebee, he's like, first, I resent being compared to a sore thumb. I, I am a healthy, well functioning thumb, maybe, but a sore yeah. thumb, never. 
So the public safety committee ruled in favor of the neighbors saying the statues need to be removed. But Howard said he will continue to fight to keep the Autobots in place. He said he's prepared to take the case to court. You, you know what's going to happen. Mm. This is going to end up in front of the Supreme Court. It's going to come up with this really stupid ruling about how, you know, yeah. well, only Jesus statues or whatever couldn't be in like public right. places. You know, <laughs> what's this going to happen? With this Supreme Court? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's going to get twisted where it's like, you know, yeah. So I just, I just, I don't know. You saw the statues. Um, I, what are your, what are your quick thoughts about this? Then we can move on to, uh, since I, I mean, I think, I mean, I, at some, at one point I, I, I do get the neighbor's point. Cause I mean, like, you know, I, I saw the photo that you showed me. Uh, this is like a sidewalk. This isn't like, this isn't his lawn. Yes. If it was his uh, lawn, you know, game on, do whatever you yeah, want. I, don't I would be like, yeah, you can do whatever he wants with his lawn. But yeah, I mean, to put it out there in the middle of a townhouse, I mean, like that looks like there are people's like apartments or something behind that. that probably can't see out past the giant statue of the Autobot. That would probably tick me off. I think if I looked out my window every morning and there was that standing there, the back of it too, yeah. not even the front of it. It's just like you're, the back of it. Like head. your one window is just Bumblebee's ass. Bumblebee's ass. Yeah. Yes. I'm, like, yeah. Oh, I'm glad I can look at this. You could have at least made a, you know, hundred foot tall Megan Fox. Yeah. That I could just look out a representation window. of her stretched over a hood at sunset. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. just, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, that <laughs> I'd be fine with, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. A big robot. No. I mean, but what if those are making Fox made out of like random car parts? That would be like that, like, you know, found car parts. I don't know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Now I got to think about yeah, that. Yeah. Considering, considering where I grew up, uh, just real quick that my, my dad, uh, he believed that he was a mechanic in a lot of ways, but his mm-hmm. ways of solving, uh, engine problems was a hammer. There was definitely a point because he kept trying to put a particular type of engine in a Chevy Supersport, and he kept just like ruining the engine over and over again. There was a point like where we had three separate vehicles in our back our backyard, and this was a rural area. So by backyard, I mean we had like an acre, like it was you know a little spread out. But we had three separate vehicles in our backyard that none of them had an engine because he was mm-hmm. trying to work on this one car, uh, and nobody thought twice about that. That is like that is a much bigger eyesore than these two these two statues. Oh yeah, you know. So, um, I like if I would have had um, these like real live like transformers in my yard, I I just I would have like it would have been the greatest thing in the world. But I also think that placing them here is just really weird. It's just it's weird. weird. Yeah, that's a weird place to put them. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. there's got to be some place fun that you could put those things. That's not right in front of an apartment building. Yeah, but what if they could transform and then be parked in front by the where that key is? Yeah. You wouldn't even know. So, all right. Anyway, I just needed to – I was like, that's weird. Uh, yeah. I, I guess also um, knowing, uh, you know, Steve, he had like was a, like a 12-foot-tall skeleton in his front yard. Nobody complained about that. It was Halloween. But yes. he should – if you want to do a 365, it's his, it's his – he should do it, you know? Yeah, like, I'm not going to – I agree. Yeah. So, all yeah. right. All right, that's going to do it for news. Um, we we uh, learned a little. We laughed a little. Um, we, you know, like we, like we laughed and we cried a lot. So, all right, we're going to, uh, we're going to now, uh, segue into, um, that has nothing to do with robots or wheels of cheese or whatever, uh, with, uh, Sin City. And now for our feature presentation. All right. Feature presentation this evening is Sin City. Uh, it's a film that was recently released. I mean, March 28, 2005. Um, the genesis of this conversation, I don't remember exactly what happened. However, it's whenever, um, I bullied my way onto your show at the devil's ball to talk about eight millimeter 
with uh with with Sam and Terry. Yeah. And we were talking before recording. You had mentioned I, I don't know if it, however it came up, you said I'd like to talk about the film. Yeah. I don't remember the context. I don't know if you remember it either or not. I but. don't really either. I remember, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it came up in conversation and I said, oh, but Paul, have you covered that before? And you were like, no. And I was like, oh, we should do, you should, we should talk about that sometime. And then you were like, hey, do you want to come talk about Sin City? And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. But I thought it was funny because you're like, what are we talking about this week? I'm like, you said yeah. Sin City. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh yeah, okay. But yeah. no, I mean, I've been, uh, uh, work has been nuts. So I, I tend to, I, I'm not, uh my memory isn't what it used to be nowadays. Like the same thing happened with Sam just last night. I was like, what are we doing next month? He's like, I thought we were doing, didn't you want to do like the Poltergeist series? I was like, oh yeah, let's not do that. Uh, let's do something else. But yeah, it was, uh, but uh, literally I was like, oh yeah, I did say that, didn't I? Um, but no, yeah, uh, I, I do love Sin City. So I mean, it's our, it's, it's all good. But I was just like, oh yeah, okay, Sin City. Well, sure. I just, I think it's uh, interesting that, well, one, you did your Nicolas Cage appreciation uh, month. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you, like, I, I, did you end it on Bad Lieutenant? Because that's, yeah. the, it, we talked about that briefly at the beginning of the episode. Um, I've seen that movie once. Um, I'm good. I don't know if yeah. I ever see it again. Um, have you ever, like, I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you start off something and you feel completely fine. And then by like the end of the night, you're like, I feel sick. I just need to go to bed. Cause I like, I'm like, I have, I'm cold. I'm clammy. I have the chills. I'm not saying the film did this to me, but yeah. I was perfectly fine at the beginning. And at the end, I just like something hit me and it was like one of those elevator went down real quickly where I went from feeling fine to feeling feverish at the end of the film yeah. that did not help my viewing of that film, but I don't think it really changed my opinion of it, you know? No, so no, yeah. yeah. If, if anything, it might've made it better to be honest, yeah. but it's I not mean, a great film, if, but if, it, was, I, it was fun. If I need to see a, an, um, an over, over examined, um, look at back pain, that's the yes. film, right? <laughs> yes. So that's essentially it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, with Sin City, I, well, I was going to say what I was saying, like in terms of your your show at the Devil's Ball, um, that sound it seems like you guys are starting to maybe expand some of the genre look because I know you were originally focused more on horror, yeah. and, and and there's plenty there to dig into, right? Oh, like, yeah. I get it, yeah. but uh, I, I have a feeling that it doesn't always feed your soul in terms of no. like your conversation, right? Is that the, yeah. the vibe I'm getting? So that's, yeah, that's what I'm getting, and it's something uh, Sam and I have not exactly uh, specifically talked about. But it's something that um, I think that's probably going to start happening. I think we actually are doing another. Um, I'd have to check with them again because, again, my memory isn't as good as it used to be. But I think we were talking about doing something for Fourth of July that had nothing to do with horror, too. But I don't remember what it was. But um, but yeah, it's um, it's uh, something that we're probably trying to look into doing uh, occasionally stepping out of uh, the horror genre. Um, and but we still I mean, uh, just today I was realizing we've yet to ever do a. Uh, foreign language horror film and we've doing this for almost three years mm. and i'm like we need to in that you know mike we need to do more of that but yeah i think we will be branching out a little bit more um i think at one point you and i floated the idea of talking about indiana jones at some point in the near future um which has some like horror moments some like spielberg really loves yeah, I mean, if, horror, you, if, but, if you want to do temple of doom there's plenty there right the true yeah one. but yeah um, no, i just think yeah. yeah i just i think that like if if you we all have our comforts. We just talked about how like, you know, th like the world's kind of, kind of garbage at times. So you want to mm -hmm. get into your comforts and sometimes live there. And I like, of course, I'm not telling somebody if you need your comfort foods, have them, you know? Yeah. And, and if you, and if this is where is the most fertile ground for conversation, have the conversation. Um, I, 
I was just thinking about this first our recording that we had the both of you on to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which mm-hmm. is also a um, a highly stylized noir film. Yeah. And then yeah. we're talking about Sin City, which is a very highly stylized noir film. Yeah. Um, the, like they're they're different, but I don't think you get Sin City in terms of being a film without Who Framed Roger Rabbit and kind of a mm-hmm. weird kind of like half step. Right. Yeah. Like, you can, um, yeah. You can make that argument for sure. Yeah. I mean, cause you could tell Rodriguez probably watched the shit out of like growing up cause we all did. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but what is it like, I, I meant to, I'm a hack and a fraud. I meant to get to some of the books before I rewatching the movie and I just ran out of I time. Said, I did too. Yeah. yeah. I meant to re- just, re- reread some of them, but yeah. I was too busy coughing over the yeah. course of, I had five yeah. days. I was going to do yard work. I was going to be a grown up, and then I did mm-hmm. nothing. I nope. was a stinky hobo man coughing and watching, uh, you know, HBO. That's all I did, you know, and, then, you some, and then some video games. I was, I was a failure with my five days off. So I meant no. to be really proactive. I'm a failure in most of my days off. So I, I mean, I'm a failure yeah. most of my days. Most you know? of my days in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what is it about Sin City that like you, you said you want to talk about it? So I'll put it to you first and we, we can go from there because there's plenty to get into. I know I know we, we should probably get to cast and stuff, but we'll talk about that a second by second. Who sure. knows? Who knows? We'll get there when we yeah. get there. But yeah. Yeah. So What's yes. the, sorry, what's the question? Like, why, why, why did you wanted to talk about it? Like you said, you oh, called yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's uh, Sin City was a movie that I, I watched. I saw it in theaters when it came out and um, I really enjoyed it. Um, and but I didn't think I don't think I thought that much of it until I watched it years later and uh, saw a little bit more of I think of what is being kind of discussed with the film. Um, but first of all, the the major thing for it is it's probably one of the finest comic book adaptations ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's very faithful to the source material. Uh, the actual creator is involved. He directs some of the scenes, uh, for better or worse. That then emboldens him to make the spirit, and that's not good. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, every every bad idea you've ever thought of in, in is in that movie. But uh, but yeah, Sin City was a movie that I was like, well, okay, this is actually. It looks just like the book. It still gets the feeling of the book. It still gets um, it gets the aesthetic of the book uh, versus, say, like Zack Snyder's Watchmen, which was it looked like the book, but none of the subtext or themes connected whatsoever. Um, whereas Sin City was like, well, no, it gets it, you know, um, and there's a lot to be said, I think, in, in terms of its subtext in the in this particular film about gender roles um, in a very specific way, particularly about manhood uh, and the way um, men interact with uh, interact with women or the way they view women. And then uh, you just also have, uh, you know, we, I mentioned that doing Bad Lieutenant or 8mm, you run for that, um, or uh, even Who Frame Roger Rabbit, this idea of... Um, not frame it, not who frame Roger Rabbit, maybe, but um, which is a more hopeful film. But uh, both Eight Millimeter and Bad Lieutenant and this movie are all kind of the idea of trying to find decency in a doomed environment, and um, like the environment's never going to get any better. So I guess in a way, I was gonna I was gonna joke that our earlier conversation about like the country you know falling apart, the world falling apart, was. Um, not the right preamble for Sin City, but now that I'm thinking about it, 
actually it very much is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd also yeah. even argue like Eddie Valiant's journey and who framed Roger Rabbit's kind of the same thing where it's like, he's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not trying to justify who framed Roger Rabbit's conversation, but so, okay. Um, I'll mention my, uh, my approach to this film cause I saw it sure. in the theater as well, but let, like just, um, to do the vitals to, to quote what you guys do on your show, mm-hmm. uh, directed by, uh, Frank Miller, uh, Rodriguez. There was a whole thing there about the, the with the director's guild that, uh, yeah. Tarantino, uh, sorry, uh, Rodriguez quit to make sure mm-hmm. that Miller got co-directing, which good on him. I think it makes sense, right? Because, because yeah. Rodriguez repeatedly said, it's like, I didn't direct anything. Every, like this, this book storyboarded perfectly. Like, so, yeah. uh, and then Tarantino came in for a minute. Of course, he's like, you know, which I, I'm surprised. He's like, can we see Del Toro's feet? But he's, yeah. anyway, so no, uh, writing credits, Frank Miller based upon his books, you know, of course. Right. So we get that. We have, um, there's a hell of a cast here. Uh, yeah, we'll get well, Jessica Alba, Devin Aoki, um, which, you know, she doesn't say anything, but she's an important part of the movie. Uh, Alexis Bl- uh, Bladell, Powers Booth, which is only there for one scene, meaning he should have been in for more scenes. Um, yeah. yeah uh, who else do we have here? Rosario Dawson, Benicio Del Toro, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, Carla Guino, Guguino, is how you pronounce her last name. I always mess that up. Josh Hartnett, Rucker Hauer. Um, we have, oh, who, uh, Michael Madsen, uh, Bruce Willis, of course, um, Brittany Murphy. We have, um, Nick Offerman for a second. Um, yeah. you know, and then we also have, uh, Clive Owen. There's, uh, Nick Stahl. Um, who, who else? Throw a dart. There's plenty of Elijah Wood. I think that's another big one to mention. Right. So yeah, a, a lot of goddamn people in this movie. Right. So, yeah, cause it is, it is, um, it is an anthology of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's very much. Because uh, it's based upon three separate uh, storylines or books of the Sin City, and then I think one um, like one short story he did yeah. for a couple of uh, yeah. Dark Knight, uh, Dark Horse presents, yeah, uh, something anthology something. books, yeah. yeah. So, but it, it's just kind of weaved together. It, I mean, calling it Sin City, I think, is appropriate because it's like it is a snapshot of this world, right? Mm-hmm. Of Basin City, wherever it is, uh, you know, California, New York, Nevada. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, like it's, um, if people haven't seen this film, it's available on max, um, HBO, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, or, and also, yeah. So if you've not seen it yet, watch it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a cool film. Um, it's a very cool film. And, and, but you know, has it aged well, I want to argue in some ways, yes, in some ways, no, but that's mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of films. Right. But, um, I did see this in the theater. I remember walking out being blown away by what yeah. it was because I hadn't seen anything like it at all. No. Like yeah. outside of music videos being very artistic and intent, this is a feature length film that's mm-hmm. playing in a theater, you know, for wide distribution. Um, yeah. I, I had never seen anything like this. And then coming out being like, like that was like, like um, it, there's substance here for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't recall a film with the exception of, and this is different when my older brother forced me to watch the wall when I wasn't old enough to understand what was going on. Sure. Um, and I was just confused. I'm like, why is that flower having sex with the other flower? I don't know. All there's guns and Nazis. It got very confusing. I'm just saying that, um, flower sex and I, you know, it's a complicated relationship. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's like that or like, even like, um, those, the who's Tommy, which is like, that's much more like, you know, shot in front of the camera, but like very much his own abstract type of thing. I don't know if I had anything at that point going up to this point, um, that was a full length film 
that was such a not challenging because this is a very approachable film. Yeah. But like starkly different presentation, you know, like, yeah. and it, it blew my mind at the time. Like, yeah. is this what, is this what we could do now with movies? So yeah. yeah. Cause it's all, it's all black and white with emphasis on color. Uh, purposely. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part, it is a very much the palette and this is very much dark and on purpose. It yeah. is, it's not just noir. It's like, um, you know, mountain do extreme noir, you know, yeah. Wee, 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 wee. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. no, like this our- is a movie that, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's something that I was thinking about last night about, um, I'm trying to, you know, kind of rewatching the film and re, re kind of thinking about it for this conversation that it was like, this is a movie that was pretty much shot entirely in front of green screen. Mm-hmm. Um, before that was every movie ever. So like now it's like Marvel is like every single movie. Is, I was going to ask you about that. I don't know. Like, that would be like, I'm cutting you off. I apologize. Welcome to the no, show. No. Uh, but <laughs> uh, about like what they call screen craft or the volume, how they shoot a lot of the projects now, yeah. like, and how people are kind of bitching about that. But I'm like, Okay, but like, where's the line? You know, because right. like, uh, Rodriguez showed that you could do something stylistically, um, and and make it work for like a like a, all things considered, a pretty a, a pretty modest budget for what yeah. it is, right? Yeah, for what it is. Yeah. yeah, considering the cast he picked up and everything. Yeah, but the only reason why I think they could afford all of that was because it was shot in front of green screen. But well, and then I also think uh, everybody involved was like for the most part was game. For understanding yes. what was going on, so they probably, I'm going to guess there's that there's not a single there's not a single actor in this movie that doesn't know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and, and they might and, have taken uh, a pay and cut. And sometimes it's yeah. it's sometimes it's dorky as hell, but it actually works. Like yeah. Michael Madsen's uh, uh, line yeah. deliveries are so specifically corny, but you know that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> him? Like he's doing that on yeah. purpose. Yeah, like I feel like him know. and Jessica Alba's character are in two different movies. Like for everybody yes. else, like I I mean. Benicio Del Toro, credit to him too. He is the, I think he's the MVP in the car. I think his, it's just, yeah. oh my gosh. But anyway, yeah, yeah. They, they're, yeah. But I mean, I guess Mickey Rourke too is the, the real winner of this film, but. Um, he's kind of, he would be, I think, uh, considered the, the nominal star of the picture. Yeah. yeah. I think, and in uh, the Sin City books, Marv is the character. Yeah. Like Marv is the guy that everybody knows, even though he's only in the one story really. Um, and Dwight is actually the character, the only character I think who appeared in two different stories hmm. in the books. Okay. Um, cause, uh, Dwight was in, um, uh, the big fat kill, but he was also in a Dame to kill for, which was the basis for the very, very, um, crummy sequel. I've not seen that. I think I'm okay. Oh, uh, yeah, you are okay. Uh, the actual, a Dame to kill for story isn't bad, but the, the rest of that film is kind of like stuff that was made up for the film. Um, and it's not good. Okay. There was more, there's a lot more powers booth in it. So oh, well then God damn it. I'm in. I, I hate yeah. that. I hate thinking that. Uh, but yeah. There's a whole, uh, whole Joseph Gordon Levitt versus powers booth story in that sequel. And that's it. Somehow it's not good, <laughs> but it, that mm. should be good. Like, but, um, but no, I, I watched the sequel again, not too long. I remember seeing the sequel in theaters really excited and then went, Oh no. And then, <laughs> Uh, and then I watched it again not too long ago and was like, oh, man, it's still not as bad as the spirit, but it's, it's I've not, not seen good. that either. I remember working at Blockbuster when we had that available to rent. And I'm like, I think I'm good. I really think I I'm recommend, good. Well, I recommend seeing both of them just if you want to see like Sin City suck. Like, you <laughs> know, um, like it's like it, somehow this movie, Sin City, 
um, works uh, on every level. And then they basically do the same thing for both the sequel and the spirit, and it doesn't work. Mm. So there's something there that I can't figure out what happened. Um, but because you'd think it would work. But like I said, the actual the actual story, A Dame to Kill for, in the sequel is actually not bad. Has yeah. Eva Green being mostly naked for most of it, and um, Josh Brolin plays also naked. Uh, oh, White. okay, sorry. Yeah. Right. yeah, no. But Josh Brolin plays Dwight uh, prior to his uh, facial reconstructive surgery to make him look like Clive Owen. Okay. Um, um, and but yeah. Well, because I think okay, so the the presentation here, which I know is obviously purposeful and intentful because it's based upon the books, but even though. Like Rodriguez is like, yeah, I, you know, I use the books as a storyboard. I think he's enough of a visual uh, presenter to understand like what works and what doesn't work. So yeah. like anybody, and, and I'll, I'll put this to you too. Um, Cause you, after like any time a film successful, you get people chasing, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there became a slew of other films that were trying to like, Oh, I just, I remember that we had so many like things of blockbuster that had the same cover art and the same mm-hmm. font. And it was like, um, there was all these other movies. It's like, oh wait, we could be low budget and look shitty. Uh, and I'm saying since you look shitty, but it's like, oh, we have to do a muted color palette, and we we can do the same thing. It's like, like uh, that didn't work. But also, uh, Max Payne, the Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg film. It's like, yeah, what if Sin City, but not, but also Mark Wahlberg. I didn't see that one. I didn't I do, either. Oh, I you, think I do remember yeah. during that during that period. I do. I, I wasn't there. Like Dylan Dog starring Brandon Routh, and that was kind of the same shtick. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. I remember seeing that and being like, "What? I haven't thought about that movie in a hundred years." But yeah, um, I wonder if that's streaming somewhere. I should check that out again. It's <laughs> terrible, but um, but yeah, it was Brandon Routh post uh, Superman Returns, and they were like, "We'll put him in a supernatural uh, film noir movie," and I think yeah, it had a lot it's, of the it's, same marketing. It's just interesting to me, like, because like um, like Rodriguez is a very influential filmmaker. Say what you want. Yeah. Like about him, like, I'm not saying I've liked everything he's put out, but that's okay. Cause I mean, you know, people yeah. put out like, you know, hits and misses. Uh, you know, I will say that I, I, the first time I saw it once upon a time in Mexico, I liked it. And then I watched it again. And I realized it was a bad movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I liked it the first time, but I think the, I think the vibe won me over. And then yeah. second time through, I'm like, this movie's garbage anyway. Yeah. Uh, but he's put out some amazing things. And also, mm-hmm. like, it's interesting that he was brought in to uh, direct some episodes of The Mandalorian because it's like, oh, you're actually giving me, like, a way better situation to work with than me just using a green screen in a closet and some yeah. doors. Like, he, I think he already – because even back with his – what was his first um, – his first movie, was it El Mariachi? El Mariachi. Where, yeah, where he talked about how he learned how to, like, do edits to where it looked like he was, like, shooting multiple camera angles. Right. And how he learned the, the language of cinema really quickly and made mm-hmm. his film look a lot more expensive than it was. Yeah. He's, he's always been the master of less is more. And I love, I adore that he made Troublemaker Studios. He's like, I'll do it on my own. Screw you guys. I, yeah. I adore that. And I don't think we'd have this film without him saying, you know what? I could do this by myself and I can make it yeah. cheaper. I can make it better. So credit to him. Yeah. Like, I don't know who else could this have made this the- movie. Yeah, this was distributed by Miramax, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Weinstein's are credited as um, executive producers, um, even though uh, uh, we can forgive that because Robert Rodriguez um, helped take down the Weinstein's. Um, you know, uh, after his marriage to Rose McGowan, and Rose McGowan was the one who yes uh, out, uh, outed uh, Bob 
Weinstein as that with his casting couch, um, awfulness. Yes. And, um, but yeah, so they're connected to, uh, to sin city. Uh, it's probably the only black mark against it is that watching it again last night. The only <laughs> part of it that I didn't like was yeah. seeing their names on the screen. Yeah. And I'm their like names the are... rest of the film. I'm like, I, I, there's not a part of this film that I'm not into. Um, and so, yeah, right from the go, uh, with that Josh Hartnett, um, assassin scene is, is gorgeous. Um, and it, it works even though, yeah, you'd be, as we've kind of talked about, I mean, you can tell it's green screen. You can tell that. Um, and, but yet it's so visually interesting, uh, that you don't mind. Uh, but no, it'd be one of the things that hasn't aged well is that again, everybody does this now. Uh, and then two, you know, with modern day high def, you can see like, you know, I noticed, um, in one scene, uh, after what they're talking about, what to do with Jackie Boy in Old Town, and you can kind of see Alexis Blydell's feet don't touch the ground properly. I was thinking like more she's floating there in space somehow. Yeah, the majority uh, of the like, cars you know, aren't real, which we know that, but there's a bit yeah. with some of the cop cars where I'm just like, oh, this looks like a PlayStation Three cut screen. I can't unsee it, yeah. and it's like, yeah. but I get it's like, like, but it's like either you're in or you're out at that point. Yes, you know, like so yeah. it's like I. Like it's it's easy for 2023 to look back and be like, okay, we we weren't at a spot, and also, like as much as, because this was still projected, like I think on I don't know if it was projected digitally at the time, but either way, like when you see it on the big screen, like it, it probably plays better, right? But like you know, yeah. but like watching it, like when I did, it's like some of the stuff, it's like okay, great, I get it, I get what you're doing, and it, it works. It's just that I think because other people came after, it did it worse. It's mm-hmm. not, it's hard to not see some yeah. of the seams and that's not a detriment to like, I need to go back to 2005 Paul when watching yeah. this. Right. Mm-hmm. However, it's like, there is this weird, like, um, as we get better with effects and we get better with everything, there is, there is a distinct line of where certain things kind of like, okay, good. Everything past X I'm good with. And then everything mm-hmm. before X it's like, like the big dividing line for everybody forever was Jurassic Park, right? Where yeah. it's like, oh yeah. shit, things got good, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, but also there's more practical going on there than you realize, right? Because Spielberg's not an idiot, right? Right. But like, right. but like with this, it's like because it's it's almost like um, you know how um how do I how do I want to phrase this correctly? Like, it, because it was first, you have to give it credit, yeah. even when there might be some issues that haven't aged well. It's like, but you have to give it credit, right? Like, like, um, uh, like and, uh, this is not the same thing. So forgive me when I'll make this comparison. Uh, the last Starfighter, um, there's a lot in there that hasn't aged well visually, but it was the first film to do a lot of it visually. Yeah. So you can't dismiss it. Cause it's like, well, no one else is doing this kind of thing. So yeah, it's a little goofy now, but you like, it was, I, I'm sure if I saw it in the theater when it first came out as a kid, my mind would have been blown. Right. Yeah. So there's yeah. a, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling, please. No, no, yeah. no, it's quite all right. No, I agree with you. I think, um, and I think that's kind of the, if there's, if there's sort of a failing of this movie, it's only one that's happening in retrospect. Um, you know, it, uh, it has been imitated. Um, but somehow, and, and it's interesting. I, I'm wondering what your opinion on that is. What is the fact? I mean, you kind of said it's Robert Rodriguez and maybe that's true. Um, you know, what about, this works. Like I said, you make, then there's, there's a sequel and the spirit, Frank Miller makes the spirit, both using the exact same techniques, 
exact same stuff, but it doesn't work. So what is it about Sin City specifically that works? Like, why does this, why does this style work here and not elsewhere? And it's, it's, I, I think it's just is, um, it might just be the strength of the narrative. It might be the commitment of the actors. Um, you know, because like I said, everybody is committed mm-hmm. in this picture. Not, not a single person is out of place. Um, I mean, it might just be because like nobody had done it before. So they can't tell you yeah. like where, like what works and what doesn't. And it's like, yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to base this off of like comic book panels and like, and do your storyboard based off of that. And maybe, I mean, I can't speak to the mind of Frank Miller. I'm not as well versed as other people. Like I'm sure uh, if Steve was in part of this conversation, he had a lot, he would have a lot more to chime in about um, Frank Miller, right. In terms of yeah. his output. Um, mm-hmm. But also like I, as a creative person, I know that you uh, went to school for a lot of creative writing and, and, and understanding things that you got to let some stuff marinate. And then that's when the best stuff eventually like pops yes. to the top. So yeah. it, it's like this thing of like, there's an editing process. There's a thought process. So maybe because this was based upon existing material that went through that vetting. Yeah. That went through like, you know, cutting the fat and what works, what doesn't work. And then even then taking that and saying, yeah, as a storyboard, this works great. But then Rodriguez being like, I also know what works cinematically that goes Mm -hmm. through an additional filter. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what the answer is. And then also, understanding of like, cause there's a lot of juggling here to kind of do this narrative. Yeah. Um, but also I think something like, uh, I don't know if we'd have this film without Pulp Fiction in a lot of ways, which I know Tarantino and Rodriguez are like best buds. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. this is a disjointed like, um, anthology like based narrative that yeah. Pulp Fiction is too. Right. So, mm-hmm. but Pulp Fiction probably wouldn't exist. Like, just it, it all, it's all snake eating itself, but I know Rodriguez yeah was already aware of like how to like tighten this up and make it work. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not the smartest man, but in terms of like, you got your bookends with Josh Hartnett, right? Yeah. Which that was a great button. I forgot completely about the button at the end. That was a wonderful mm-hmm. button to that. Yeah. Um, and then we got Bruce Willis at the beginning and then Marv is our, like our, our heart our beating heart of this film. And yeah. then we get Clive Owen for a minute. Like, well, he, he's in it first. Think of a good part, but that also wraps. It's just we get three, we get three main leads. Yes. This, right. And it's like, mm-hmm. but like, but the film's called Sin City. So the whole thing is like, like what, how is the city reflected by its heroes and villains? Right. And I think Rodriguez understood that a lot like I mean, Miller did too. Cause clearly he wrote it, but yes. in terms of like, he wrote them as standalone stories, but there's a magic and there's a certain alchemy to weaving them together yeah. to where it's like, um, that I think that's why this works a great deal because you get, you get Hartnett's character of what's the salesman, whatever he's called, whatever he is. Right. Yeah. I think that's what he's called. Yeah. 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 And then, so that's our introduction to sin city. And then we got uh Bruce Willis's character, right. Being like, uh, you know, the one good cop, right? Yes. Like me, well, meaning even he would admit, like I failed everybody. I'm not going to fail this girl. Right? right. And seeing that even though we believe he's gone, right. Cause Michael Madsen is Michael Madsen. If you would have called his character, Michael Madsen, it'd have been fine. Like, yeah. Been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Detective, um, detective Bob, I think D- detective right. Bob. Yeah. yeah. Shut the, yeah. G- close the door. Anyway, like anyway, n- nail the door <laughs> shut anyway. So, um, that all, that all happening there with Nick Stahl, which I, you know, we all kind of maybe show Nick Stahl. I think he did wonderful here because, yeah. because I think after this, he wanted to do, what was it? Terminator, um, Terminator three rise of the machines. And then we forgot about him 
as, yeah. the, as an actor. Um, but yeah. Uh, so we think Willis's character's dead. We get Marv, his whole arc uh, with Elijah Wood playing the worst Charlie Brown ever. Um, <laughs> which I understand why I love that whole, like, by the way, credit also to Elijah Wood that, um, like it just, I just, I love that he's always been challenging himself. Yeah. Like no matter what. And it's I like, agree. Oh, you're playing a weird, creepy, like, 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 like killer guy that eats people and you don't say a word. He's coming right off of right off of Lord of the Rings to make this picture basically. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. such a, it's such a bold move for an actor to do because he, uh, he could have just rested on his laurels and been photo bagging. I need him and Daniel Radcliffe to play brothers that just go mm. get, go do weird shit. Right. Like I need yeah. them cause they've made enough money off of their fantasy franchises that nobody could tell them no. Right. Yeah. Like well, that's no, what I now need. they literally can't tell Ledger would know he has his own production company. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just mean, he makes his own movies now. Yeah. I mean, he went out and made, became a, a low budget horror filmmaker, ostensibly a producer. Yeah. It's yeah. just, I'm just saying like, I would love the both of them to play brothers in the film because like, <laughs> why not? Right. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that whole sequence is great too. Like it's just, they're, they're just, it all, this all works. And then we get um, Clive Owen who we, we know from eventually for him talking that he's not a good guy. However, he there, he has his own code, right? Like there's the oh. weird. So we get Hardigan, who's the good cop trying to do well. We get yeah. Marv, who is the monster with the heart of gold, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we get, you know, we get um, Clive Owen's character that is, he's an asshole, but also it's like, it's not that he isn't aware of the cost of what's going on, but he also understands like, oh, the there's a thing with, with, with old town, with the women working there. It's like, he understands that like they deserve everything that they've earned. Right. And he will protect that. And including his girlfriend, uh, Brittany Murphy, I just want to also point out how many people are dead now in this film in terms of the cast. We yeah. have it's from 2005. We've lost so many people on this film. It is crazy. Wait, who else is dead? I know uh, yeah, what? Murphy's dead. Like we got Brittany Murphy, Michael Clark mm-hmm. Duncan. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Like just um, who else has done? Um, uh, Rucker Hauer passed away. Oh, that's right. He like dead, yeah. just, um, yeah, there's like uh, Powers Booth has gone too. like they just you keep watching this film. You're like, how many people keep dying? Like, I understand that everybody will die eventually. Yeah. But it's like you watch this. You're like, holy shit. There's a lot of dead people in this film. And it's yeah. frustrating because I hadn't a, thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. There's yeah. a lot of people gone too soon. Brittany mm-hmm. Murphy's great playing that wishy-washy, like, you know, waitress, right? Yeah. Like she always has that like slightly hurt. Like you, like it, you would wish that if she was alive today, if they did an update, uh, update uh, version of little shop of horrors, that she'd be Audrey. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Michael Clark Duncan, the nicest guy in the world gone too soon. Right. Yeah. Like just, no, totally. Oh my gosh. Anyway. So, and then Bruce Willis, I know he's still around, but like his you know, career is done. Yeah. He, he has aphasia and all that other yeah, stuff. But it's yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things well. where it's yeah. like, you see all these people you are like, son of a bitch. Like there's a lot of talent that went into this, that, um, <laughs> things didn't end up so well for them. Right. So no. anyway, like, uh, and Clive Owen, as an actor, where's he at now? I don't even know. Anyway, he's still alive and well, but I'm just. He's like, I think, yeah, he still works. But yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't know what, I don't know if he's done anything major lately, but. Yeah. No, but anyway, sorry. I, uh, but so, um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot to the, to, there's a lot of meat on the bones in this movie. And I'm glad sure. that you mentioned uh, watching this because I had not seen it in forever. 
Um, there's a lot here. There's a lot of beats I forgot about. Also, by the way, Rosario Dawson, uh, we're talking about people that have passed away. She, does she age? Yeah. No. I don't think so. No. No. Her yeah. and Paul Rudd are going to live forever. And yeah. We'll be thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, now, I was going to say, when you were talking about like uh, uh, Tarantino being involved, and yet we don't see um, uh, Benicio del Toro's feed, we're like, yeah, but we get plenty of Rosario Dawson's. So, fair I mean, enough. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tarantino, there's plenty of feet in this movie, if that's your thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tarantino, you know, I don't know if he actually had any hand in that, but, um, he had a, he had a, he had a foot in that. I don't he know. Had a foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do we, where, where do we, uh, where do we start the, the full conversation? What do you, what do you want with, to break down with the, with the full conversation? I don't know. Like, um, I, I just, the things that I think, um, have worked well, I mean, I love, um, I'm always down for, um, uh, gritty antiheroes where it's like, you know, the world has broken them, but they still want to do good. Like, yeah. so Hardigan, Marv, and even, uh, Clive Owen's character, as much as he is an asshole, but he still is defending is his it? current squeeze and the women of old town. Right. I think it's interesting that you're calling him an asshole. What, what about Dwight strikes you as an asshole? Well, it's just him being old, like he had facial reconstruction surgery. And also like, it's just, I don't know. Like he, I, I think he would call himself an asshole. Right. Yeah. Like that's I mean, what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. There's a, there's something to the idea of Dwight telling everybody that he is, but I think that I don't think he's, I think he's actually one of the more heroic characters in the picture. Yeah. But, but he's yeah, also I like, mean, do I kill this cop because he's pulling me over? Like what's going on? Like, it's just like, it's just, he's doing the calculus the entire time. Yes. Right? Like, so yeah. meaning like, I, okay, maybe, maybe asshole's not the right thing, but it's like, he's always been on the, like the wrong side, but he's learned to live that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that make sense? But like, it does to yeah, a degree, yeah. but I think that's true of all of them. Uh, yeah. if there's something that I find interesting about sin cities overall, uh, moral compass, it's the idea of, especially in, in regards to like kind of how we talk about our modern era, uh, is that you've got a group of people who are all playing the game and they're all very much aware they're playing the game. Um, you know, Sin City's never going to get any better. Um, it's always going to be like this. It's never going to change. And so there's this idea of, it's similar to like where we talk, uh, Sam and I were talking about with Bad Lieutenant where I was talking about we probably should have done uh, Bringing Out the Dead instead because it had a lot of the same themes. Mm-hmm. But it was a little bit stronger movie. But it was the idea of, you know, kind of redemption in a doomed environment the idea that the world will never get any better. Uh, so you have this sort of dichotomy of the idea of, uh, how do I put this? Uh, a, an, a self, uh, growth and, and self-actualization and, uh, it can, is possible. Um, but the world won't get any better, but all you can do is kind of try and be better um, it's sort of like this half pessimistic, half, uh, uh, optimistic, uh, way of approaching the world. I mean, depending on how you look at your philosophy of life, where it's sort of like you can become a better person, but the world around you may not follow suit. Um, and so you have this interesting idea of three characters, three heroes, nominally heroes, I guess you could call them anti-heroes. Um, what's interesting about all of them is they're all jumping into something they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, each one of them is making a, de- a decision to get involved. Now, Hardigan, maybe he doesn't really have a choice. He does uh, objectively have a choice where it's go home. 
you know, he's told, you know, Bob tells him, go home. Your wife's cooking up some steaks. It's your last night on the job. All you got to do is walk away. And he's like, but a little girl will die if I do. And so maybe he doesn't have a choice, but he does technically have a choice, but he still gets involved. Um, and it costs him everything. Uh, but then Marv is, you know, a, a hooker is dead and that really upset him because she was nice to him. So he goes out and kills through a whole lot of people to get to where he's going. Uh, and then Clive Owen, Dwight, is uh, takes it upon himself to chase Jackie Boy. Jackie Boy just shows up at his girlfriend's apartment, acts like a dick, acts like a dick, and then he warns him off, tells him to go away, or he'll cut him in a ways that you make him useless to a woman. <laughs> and Dwight and Jackie Boy leaves, but then Dwight says they're going to kill somebody if I don't stop them. I'm going to take it upon myself to go get involved in this scenario. Um, and, uh, it, and luckily for the girls of old town, that's what, you know, that he did. But, um, it's interesting to the idea of these three guys who are getting involved in something they don't necessarily have to, uh, just because that's how they do things. Um, in a, in a lesser narrative or a less, uh, you know, I think just in general, a lesser narrative or, or, you know, something a little bit more, uh, less responsible at the very least, these guys would look. Uh, very convoluted and uh, even though Dwight's is still a little convoluted that story is a little convoluted but um, it, it would look kind of dumb like it would be like well you're just gonna go ask for trouble I guess um, well, I mean but- I think Marv because he's like like he's put against the wall because he's waking up and uh, no, you're you know, right. Yeah, Marv, that, that, Marv that's the one. Trained. But at the same time, it's like he talks about like somebody's mentioned to him like his. But that was the joke that I had you make at the beginning of the very episode. Like everybody gets naked, but the strippers like right. uh, Marv goes to visit his parole officer who is like, you know, very much naked and giving very him naked. pills, you know, yeah. like and whatever. Like we're all OK with this. I think we're OK with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he's been targeted and he, yes. he knows he's he knows he's targeted because he looks like a monster. And right. he's just trying to figure it out. But other people mentioned that like he's a do-gooder, meaning that he will never leave well enough alone. So it's like you pinned you pinned the wrong crime on the wrong guy. Yes. Like so, like, so I you what you're saying is correct there. And with Dwight too, it's like, yeah, there's always like, yeah, I like I, I know what I'm capable of, I know what I can do. Clearly I've I've changed my identity, but there is it's not even a matter. It's like, it's not a difference between right and wrong. It's a matter of like, what is just you yes. know? like, so I think with him, it's like, this doesn't shake out. I don't care if you're a cop. Um, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you yours. Like I, yeah. so I think, I think there's something there to be said. Um, so I agree with you on all that. So like, I'm not like nobody comes out clean, but they no. like, but a lot of them have the best intentions, but I'll put this out here with a heart again, where it's like, he wouldn't like actually admit to like what they wanted him to admit to. Uh, Cause power booths like, I'm going to fix your heart. I'm going to ruin your life and I'm going to put you away forever. And I need you to admit that you're a kitty diddler or whatever. And he's like, I'm not yeah. going to do it. Right. Like, and it's like, um, but then when he eventually like gets out of jail, he goes to find Nancy and she is the, um, the least offensive stripper ever. Yes. Um, it's just gal, but I understand like, like I'm not, okay. By the way, nobody, if, if, if nobody feels comfortable, put like, like being like nude on camera, like I'm not going to tell people like, you got to show us the goods. Like I'm like, that's gross and weird. Yeah. However, like if she's supposed to be the big draw in this film called Sin City, 
Um, she is like, you know, the, the, the lowercase S sin. Sin City. Yeah, yeah. She's wearing like assless chaps. That's about all that <laughs> like, we got. No, she's yeah. wearing she's wearing chapless ass. I don't know what that means, but yeah, like uh, it's just yeah. that's it. Like, and that's fine. Like, I mean, you could just go, but she's like a like big deal at the time and she's game. I like in terms of like I'm not dismissing any of that, but it's like it's weird that like she's the most chaste of all the characters. But then the moment she sees Hardigan, she's like, I'm 18 or 19, and I love you. It's like yeah. oh, no, that's terrible and weird, which it's like, I'd almost prefer you nude and not being like that. I don't know. It's this weird, yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know. It was, there is something, and it's something that is very interesting about this film in that, in that relationship is Nancy, uh, is somehow Nancy coming on to Hardigan feels gross. And it's very strange because in most other films, that dynamic wouldn't be that out of place. Yeah, um, I mean, you can see, see a lot. In, yeah, you can see why the film. why the Weinstein's uh, like bought in. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. But um, because yeah. no, I mean, Al Pacino. Al Pacino is 83. He's having another kid with his 29 year old wife right now. I mean, like it's <sighs> Jesus. Um, it's uh, you know, in in uh, I wrote a paper on this in uh, in in a for a class in college about Jack Nicholson's uh, romantic leads in all of his films, and they were always almost 30 years younger than him. Oh, I, I can tell you that after um, after my uh, my father separated from my mom, he was fifty. And at one point, he was dating a twenty five year old, yeah. um, and then I was like a teenager, my like whatever. We ended up uh, telling her like you could do better, and she like eventually. I Donna, wherever you're at, I, I hope you're doing great. But I'm, so what I'm saying is like. A 50-year-old should not date a 25-year-old. I mean, I can't judge love, sure, right? But yeah. something about that seems kind of messed up, right? But so. yeah, but there's something – but what's interesting about the dynamic in this film is it's the 19-year-old yes. coming on to the 45-year-old that is yeah. – or 50-year-old or whatever. Whatever he is. Supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and somehow that feels weird and it's very, uh, and it's played weird. Like yeah, and he's but, weirded out yeah, by it. Rightfully so. But uh, also who was Bruce Willis married to for a while? Demi Moore. And then who she ended yeah. up with? Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, just, yeah. like, but, I mean, yeah. yeah. What if, what if we had Ashton Kutcher here wearing the cowboy get up? Yeah. Anyway. So no, I didn't like that where she's like, I love you. It's like, and he's like, yeah, as a daughter, she's like more than a daughter. None of this is said during the movie, but it yeah. is said. It yeah. is weird. Uh, he's like, he's telling her, no, I consider you like my kid. And she's like, but I've been in love with you my whole life. And I want to, I want to get some, some, uh, uh, yeah. Yippee Kaye. Yeah, I want to get some Yippee Kaye. Uh, I want to Bruce that Willis. Bruce Willis. I want to Bruce that Willis, yo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and like to the point where even when he's jumped um, by that yellow bastard, he's in uh, he's in the shower. He hears a noise and he says, "No, Nancy." Like he was expecting her to <laughs> burst into the shower. Uh, it's so it's such a weird dynamic, and I think I don't think I've ever seen another one like it in any other <laughs> film in my entire life. Where usually it's totally acceptable for the uh, older action hero to have a younger woman. Yeah, but you but even like, even then it's like he's still trying to fight that desire. Yeah, which is gross. But at the same yeah. time, it's like like I'm I'm not being sympathetic. Dude's been locked away for years and years and he's years. Been locked away for years. And here's yes. the one person that knows the truth. It's right? Jessica Alba. 
It's yeah. well, also it's Jessica Alba, right? It's like right. one day, one day you're gonna play a really shitty invisible woman. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. So, oh, she was okay. As I'm, okay, I'm sorry. Let's, you'll let's you'll not, be the invisible yeah. woman oh. in two shitty Fantastic Four films. <laughs> yeah, actually, I like those movies, but although she does look, uh, <laughs> she does look, she does look pretty terrible in uh, in Fantastic Four too. They put that <sighs> wig yeah. and like bleach your skin somehow. It's weird. It's creepy, right. but you know what? At um, some point, let's talk like, about creepy. Yeah. At some point, down the course, line, too. down the line, we need to talk about one, one or those, one or both those films. Uh, I'm game. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I, cause I actually do kind of like, uh, like those films. Uh, can, but can, uh, we, can we do it on your show and make Samuel watch them? Cause I would love to hear his frustration. Cause I think, uh, I don't know. I think he might actually get the first one. I think he might enjoy the first one. I maybe, think the second maybe. one, he would be too put off by, um, but like I said, the creepy Jessica Alba. I, just, aspect. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I just, sometimes when, uh, when Sam gets uh, frustrated, it is, uh, it, yeah. it, 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 it replenishes my, I don't know. It, it, oh no, it, I, I, I'm with you. I, yeah. I drink from yeah. that cup. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. It's uh it's fun to watch him get, uh, if he watches something that doesn't work and he just kind oh. of is like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Oh, I've um, in, in my own house, I've made him watch uh, a couple different religious films, uh, and watching him struggle with that, which I'm also struggling with is a delight. I'll just put it that yeah. way. So yes. Yeah. 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 But yeah, but it's interesting to me in this particular um, in this particular movie. It's it's so odd, and that's to me. That's to the point of what we were talking about. That I'm like, look, I'm I'm uh, I'm 42, and if uh, a maybe not a 19 year old, but like a 21 year old that looks like Jessica Alba, uh, that's going to be a difficult no. It's you know a difficult I mean? no. Like, uh, you know, it's going to be like okay. Uh, you know, one of the most beautiful women in the history of, of humanity wants to get it on, but she's too young for me. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say, I mean, I, eventually I hope I would still say no, cause it's weird, but I get it. I get why that would be difficult. Yeah. Um, but now, it's like also, know, and, but also making a movie, you get the choice to do that. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Like you get the, you like, it, is, it isn't like. You're filming Bruce Willis and Jessica Alba together, and he's like, "I can't control myself. I don't know what's going on." And like it's just, you know, like it's just you could maybe maybe that's what's written on the page for the comic, but like that also speaks a lot to Frank Miller. Um, it's just mm, you could maybe shade that a little differently. It'd have been fine. I, don't know. I think it works. I think that it it does work for the narrative. It's just that it's it's so unique to this film that maybe you have, it's just, uh, but it also kind of like it's just that I, I don't think it gives um her character nancy any agency in, no, the, I agree. The, in the sense of like because like she the one the one guy that was nice to her she's attracted to yeah. and then like the other person the other person in terms of the narrative is the yellow bastard um who was the shittiest ferengi ever that we've <laughs> ever seen sure um that it's like, oh, 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 I got her back. Also, you know, oh, she's a little too old for me. I'm like, calm down, Epstein. I get it. It's fine. Just whatever. Just, yeah. shh, 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 shh. you know, you know, uh, yellow Epstein, you know, Yepstein, calm down, sir. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it, every, well, I mean, I think in terms of, of female agency, Sin City's not that movie. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, are you saying that Frank Miller may not understand the female experience? That I am. I am saying that. <laughs> I'm, not sure Rodriguez, I'm not sure Rodriguez or Tarantino do either. I. Oh. This is a movie about about masculinity, and that is 
normally that would be problematic, but I think in the case of Sin City, what it wants to do is examine masculinity in a way that is still critical and thoughtful. Um, you know, like every man except basically our lead three are scum in Sin City uh, and the worst kind of scum. They're, they are predatory. They are uh, they're violent. They are rapists, murderers, psychotics, um, or they work for murderers, rapists, and psychotics. Um, and then we have our three heroes and who are but even their entire existence is revolved around the idea of women as something to protect mm-hmm. or avenge. And that's interesting um, in the sense of it's sort of two forms of toxic masculinity, but one is somewhat acceptable toxic masculinity where the other is just outright awful. And so I think there's an interesting dynamic there. So, I mean, I, the idea of comparing that, that story without, with Jessica Alba, with Nancy Callahan is the idea of the way the two men both see her is still ostensibly objectified. But one is, but Hardigan wants to do the right thing yes. with the other. I want to do the absolute wrong thing. So the point of that story is for them to parallel. But that does do is leave Jessica Alba hanging. Yeah, and yeah. that's inevitable, unfortunately, with this particular narrative is all the women are left hanging. Shelly, the waitress in Dwight's story is gone. You know, Dwight leaves her apartment. We never see her again, except in maybe a flashback in someone else's story. Where she's all she does is wait tables, threaten Jackie boy, tell Dwight she loves him, and tries to warn him, and that's all we see of Brittany Murphy in this movie. Um, in fact, the only female character that might actually have agency is the turncoat hooker. Well, but what, what about Rosario Dawson as the warrior, little, the warrior yeah, queen, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Gail, Gail has a little bit, but even then, it's still Dwight's show. Yeah, you know, she doesn't have a plan. When he's like, look, you know, she's like, we're going to go to war. And he's like, well, no, that's dumb. And then he slaps her. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> which, but, is, which he's excited by. I don't know. Uh, like, there's something. Okay, I'll put this this way. There's something that that does appeal to me of, like, the we are terrible to each. We're terrible for each other. But we could never deny what we want. Yes. However, we know that we can't do it. There's yes. something there that, like, that is. Um, it's toxic AF, right? But it's like, it's like, oh shit. Like, like they know they're destined to always like, um, like run alongside each other and be like, we're terrible for each other. It's like, yeah, but can we touch each other's privates part for a minute? Yeah. And then we'll be gone for like another 10 years. Like there's something there where it's like, the only time we ever, the only time these two characters ever have. Uh, any sort of real intimacy is times of violence. You know, yeah. it's clear that the only way they get it on is uh, or get off on each other is when they're literally pulling bullets in people. Yeah, it's and just, that's extraordinary. I, but yeah, it's, it's very it's, relatable. It's like we're bad for each other. It's like yeah. However, mm, you know, like I can, I can. In, in City, know. the bad things about you are useful. Yeah, you know, right. and um, you know, it's sort of the points we have of both Marv and Dwight is they're both exceptionally good at killing people. Yeah, uh, they just try to focus that at the people that should die, or as Dwight might call it. Dwight even says it. He's like, it's not about whether or not they deserve it; it's about doing what you got to do. Uh, you know, it's not about a judgment. It's just you have to do what we got to do in Sin City to survive, and sometimes that just means you know, sometimes that means dying, sometimes that means killing a whole lot of people. 
Um, you know, it's uh, Dwight, uh, Dwight has all the best quotable lines too, by the way, you know, also but, like uh, the red high tops, right? We, we can't ignore yeah. that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no great use of color in this picture. Yeah. I mean, even from the opening with Josh Hart and it, when they, uh, he mentions the eyes and her eyes light up. Uh, and then we have Dwight shoes. Um, uh, what's the other Alexis Blydell's eyes yes. light up. Um, I think it, Gail's lips, but even like Hardigan, he actually gets like the full, like almost like wizard of Oz, right? Like, like colorization, right? Like yeah, it, when he walks into Nancy's bar. Yeah. yeah. There's actually a whole, I think it's actually one of the few scenes shot in an actual set too, yeah. is that just, he walks in, there's actually use of color in that scene. Um, which is, Quite interesting. He walks in there. Yeah, and it's, like, just, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful, like, I mean, Rodriguez knows what's going on. I mean, Miller, I mean, I don't, I, I've not read the books. So I don't know if he uses color the same way, but I'm going to guess that Rodriguez does, you know, actually add to it. Like, yeah, the, just, this, this film is, um, yeah, it's a hell of a thing. I think it's, I think it's worthy of a watch. I think it actually, like my, my only frustrations is that it's because of, um, of the limitations of the time, understandably so. So some of the process effects haven't aged well, but that's kind of by default. So yeah. people shouldn't, um, it, it'd be like going back to like, what was it? The great train robbery and be like, Oh, Oh, they just died. Uh, particular, uh, like frames of film, you know, like, Oh, yeah. that's what, the, Oh, that was it. The, um, the Lumiere brothers the voyage to the moon. Like, Oh, well, that's a garbage film. Like yeah. it's just, you know, it like there, there's a limitation of, um, of, um, like technique and, um, process at the time. Yeah. You know, that's all part of the, yeah. Part of the magic of sin city, I think is ultimately just, it felt like watch you're watching something experimental because you were, um, you know, sin city, I think was a very, exper and it, for an experimental film to be, as you put it, you know, a mainstream, uh, modestly budgeted mass release film that's this experimental is really extraordinary. Uh, you nobody would be able to get away with that except for and like you said, Robert Rodriguez told the uh, directors guild to go to hell. Yes, just so that he could you know make this film the way he wanted to. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of maverick filmmaking going on here um, that uh, is, and like you said, you have to think of it in terms of its time and place. Otherwise, it does look like every other movie you've ever seen in the last ten years. Um, you know, it's basically the last 90 minutes of Endgame, you know, um, which was all, you know, a bunch of people in front of a green screen and they just projected whatever they want on the back of it well, to I the mean, point where apparently it was even yeah. the painting of Endgame was supposed to be in a forest and they were like, nah, <laughs> we're well, no, but like, on. like, it's just, I think there's something here where, where it's like, you yeah. know, like there, the, cause there was the part of the trivia where Mickey Rourke and uh, Elijah Wood were never in the same uh, scene together. Okay. Like, okay. Like credit, credit to that. Like also I love that, like anything that was like blood loss or like uh gore was white. Like that, that just because the, the, the predominant um, color palette was black. That works so well still. Like yeah. I, I, I dig all that. Right. So, but like, you know, you talk about this, like, I think this is one of the best um, um, translations of comic of a comic book yeah. film. Rightfully yeah. so. Mm -hmm. And it needs to constantly be in the conversation. Um, are there issues? Are there, I mean, the further you go along with um, technology and how things gotten better, absolutely. However, 
um, people like this is something I struggle with of like meeting films at where the, where they came out. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, whenever I watch something, like it's like I'm watching it where I am day and age. So it's it's sometimes a struggle to meet it where it was. Yeah. Um, but I also go back to walking out of the theater being like, that was amazing. Like, because yeah. it, it's a hell of a thing. It's a magic trick. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I love that um, Rodriguez is like, I'm going to make this film with nothing. And you're yeah. going to love it. You're going to yeah. choke it down. You know, like, just like, because he understands the medium. He understands the story. Um Versus like, I don't know, like I get so frustrated and maybe you could speak to this a little bit before we wrap this up where, um, prosumer technology means people can make a lot of things now with a mm. lot less money. Right. Yeah. Make a mm-hmm. lot of like media. Right. Um, and that wouldn't be possible with, well, one without the March technology and two without people like Rodriguez where it's like, I'll do it myself. Screw you guys. I'm going to make my own movies. Yeah. Um, good, bad, or otherwise. Right. Um, so I think that we keep seeing, um, what was it? Um, there's people that put like demo reels out on like social media. Like, um, what was it? Uh, Freddie Alvarez that did, um, the, the, not the most recent evil dead, but the other one was, yeah. It? Yeah. It's like people put out shit, right? Like, um, um, the, the, the people that did the film, what was it? Uh, mama. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like cool. Right. Um, Technology is at a point where you can make a short film to shoot your shot. I, yeah. I adore that. I think it's amazing. Right. Yeah. But th- also I think there's a certain amount of understanding the rules so you can break them. I think Rodriguez yes. understood the rules and mm-hmm. there, there's a certain professionalism here that isn't the same thing that we get. Even now technology has surpassed this by leaps and bounds. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a guy I work with actually had made the statement of, um, he said his theory is that the cameras are too good and we can't keep up with it. And I think, and I think he might have a point that it's sort of like effects, uh, special effects don't look good anymore because the technology looks better than it's like, uh, eyes, uh, eyes before stomach, you know, like we can, uh, you can look at something and say, Oh, I can, I can eat that. And then you're like, oh, that wasn't a good idea at all. Um, you know, it's I think that there's something to that idea of putting the, you know, kind of putting the cart before the horse. We have the technology, but we don't necessarily have the ability to raise the actual medium to that point. Well, yet. I, I just think and, that I think there's a lot of like uh, tools to use, but yes. understand them. That's all right. Like, yeah. I just understand yeah. them. And it's like you have so much more latitude to do amazing things, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I, I, I was, a, I eventually got to everything everywhere all at once. Um, okay. that film's amazing. Yeah. And it, it is, it is, um, like uh, to break it down is like unknowable, but like in terms of like what went on in there, but it's like, but then also understanding that like it was a very limited budget and like there was yeah. a very coherent vision for that film. I, yeah. I can't, I can't understand the cohesive vision that went in to make that thing possible. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just, it breaks my mind. Like yeah. of how much is practical and how much is edit and how much is like, um, computer assist. Right. It is, mm-hmm. it is amazing to me that yeah. 
that like, like, I don't know, like people need to understand that like there's art and beauty that can still be possible. Um, but I don't like the default setting of like, Oh, well anybody can do this. That's not like, it's the same thing as like, like that, um, like after in terms of the art movements of like, somebody's like, I'm going to make a whole canvas. That's just white. Great. Yeah. Cool. What was the thought behind that? Because that happened before. Now you're doing it because you're being an asshole versus making a yeah. statement. Does, it, yeah. does that make sense where it's like, no, it does. Yeah. It's yeah. like, like, no, um, like I said, watch, yeah. watch the spirit. You'll see it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like I that's, just, that's yeah. Frank Miller. That's Frank Miller directing and not understanding how to make a film at all. Well, so I just saw the trailer, another trailer today for the new, um, this is not the same thing. So forgive me. The new, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ninja Turtles movie, the mutant mayhem. Yeah movie yeah um, yeah i saw a bit of that it yeah. was the, the trailer looks amazing the art style looks amazing yeah. that yeah. film wouldn't exist without into the spider-verse where it's right. like you can actually make artistic decisions and have a fun movie and have people mm-hmm. engage and make it this like vista of like amazingness right like yeah like it's just yeah so sin city there there are there are there flaws sure but mm-hmm. um I don't know, man, like existing on its own. It's a really goddamn bold statement and it works. It works more than it doesn't, which is that that's all we could hope. Right. In terms of most media. Right. Does it succeed? Especially, especially an adaptation of, um, of what was considered a groundbreaking independent comic book that when you look at it, probably would have been considered unfilmable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the fact that it's, it's good is kind of a miracle in and of itself, but it is also a testament to the ability of those working on this picture that really did create something that was unique and was groundbreaking and was visually arresting. And, yes. uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, any other thoughts for Sin City before we wrap it up and get into uh, some silliness here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I was originally going to try my Clive Owen voice, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. my, you my kept won't it. Last. Where are we at with that? Where? So, um, yeah, I don't know if I can do it now because I've don't, been talking. Try, uh, try. This is going to be even better. Please try. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay, let me see. All right. Uh, let's see. Let him in now. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't, won't be able to do it now that I'm on the flight. Uh, I can actually do a pretty good Clive Owen as Dwight, but I can't. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it now. Okay, fair uh, enough. Uh. Yeah, I fuck. I won't. I practiced it and everything last night. By the way, so I like that you just dropped an F bomb in there in the middle after all. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no. All right. Anyway, I, uh, no, I I literally like had it and then uh, I, I should have done it at the top and I would have been able to do it naturally. But now that I'm called on to do it, you know how that happens. It's Clive you know, Owen you, you, uh, fighting Matt Damon and the Born Identity or whatever, right? Or the Born Supremacy. Yeah. Kind of it, anyway, right. so, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, before we get to uh, our box office barometer, uh, Nathaniel, oh, that's thank, right. yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show. Um, meaning, yeah. we, we still have probably have another hour. I'm kidding. We'll see how this goes. Um, <laughs> um, let let people know where you, they can find you and what we what you guys do. Sure, uh, I, I do uh, at the Devil's Ball with uh, with my uh, my partner uh, Samuel Numinet, um, podcast partner usually, but uh, not usually. partner partner. Yeah, yeah, we're not dating, um, but um, yeah, we do uh, we do horror films and horror and genre films in a positive and constructive manner, or at least we try to, um, and uh, we try to approach films from that uh, that angle of um, 
if we're going to say something negative about it, we try to be constructive about that rather than punch down. Um, and uh, we're on Twitter uh, at doubles underscore AT. We're on Facebook uh, at, at the devil's ball on one word. Um, I think we're on a uh, couple other places, but I don't, uh, I think Sam created an Instagram, but I don't think we post on there ever. Uh, so it's basically just Facebook and Twitter. Um, and we're on, uh, we're on Spotify. We're on everywhere. The podcast can be found. Um, we just finished Nick Cage month. Um, I think we're gonna be doing Friday the 13th stuff this coming month in June. Um, that should be fun. And then we are hoping to be involved in a kind of a special project with a good friend of ours who's a filmmaker that might be coming up in August. So uh, check out our social media for that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, no, what you we guys do. always have the best polls. I have. Um, I have stopped trying to reach out to people because you know it's after a while you're like nobody writes back. I don't know. Like I always feel like it's win win. Huh. But you guys have some amazing guests and a lot of things that I'm jealous about. So. Yeah, no, we've got, yeah, we've, we've made some, we've definitely made some great friends yes. on the show, uh, you know, people that, um, that, uh, work in, uh, w- write for a lot of publications online. We've had a couple of, uh, I guess you call them celebrities depending on who you are. Um, but, uh, if you're into like mystery science theater, we've had some cool people on yes. from that. I, it it um, destroys me. Like I, 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 I uh, appreciate that, but I'm super jealous. So I'll just put this up. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was such a blast to have them. And it was just, um, uh, honestly, it was cause I was drinking. Uh, that's honestly the, wait, 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 you're telling me drinking equals guests, because if that's the case, I have some calculus got, to show you that's not the I case. I got, I got drunk and I got bold and I sent a message oh. to somebody and oh. he wrote me back and then I ended up talking to the Mads and Mary Jo right, well, okay, and okay, okay. there we go. Right, but, I might send you some new uh, photos drunk courage. That, that you should re- refer. I'm kidding. I'm that's not going to happen. But no, anyway, but no, it was just, it was just liquid courage and, um, but yeah, I mean, we've had some other people, some other filmmakers, some other people stuff on that I've tried to, that I've gotten in touch with, you know, sober, but, um, without the, the stupefying effects of alcohol I'm far more timid. So, um, yeah. but it's, but I've actually been, I wouldn't say I'm, I've been, I haven't been sober for, cause I still, uh, take edibles, but <laughs> I, uh, I haven't had a drink in six months. So, oh, better um, man than me. I've like, spoiler tonight yeah. anyway. So. Yeah, no, but everybody check out their show. Um, it's yeah, it's a good time. I I, I uh, adore the both of you, and I can see you guys, uh, uh, friends and brothers. And yeah, like uh, go check out the Devil's Ball. Happy. Yes, and um, they 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 you know like they do good stuff. Uh, better than what Thank we you. do here. I don't know. We just meander. It's I fine. Know. I don't. That's true. We <laughs> meander a lot, but yeah, right. I don't you, think that's you true. should. Um, you you should uh, uh like blame Samuel because I if I'm the lead vampire I bit him uh, once over a discussion of uh, Death Wish three and so you got no the I am back. I am I am aware of that that uh, that his uh, he caught the bug from uh, from talking to you guys right so, yeah. I don't know it's like it's like podcasts it's like hey do you think people will care about talking about things on the mic yeah like it's just we don't know mm. like it's just we don't uh, yeah it's anyway so yeah go check out at the Devil's Bowl. Uh, um, you. You, you guys can check us out uh, at um, you know, Invasion of the Podcast. That's on Facebook, invadingpodcastgmail.com. Um, you can check out Steve's uh, like comic. It's uh, The Saturday Slasher. At, um, you know, check out the Saturday Slasher.com. You can also check out his Etsy store at The Art of the Slash. 
go support his work. Um, you know, he'll be like, Oh, you guys, Steve and his yeah. partner, Ryan Sandy do great work. Um, he recently, Steve recently posted a, uh, a star Wars thing with Luke Skywalker. Like I just, I'm so jealous of the both of them with him and Ryan, with their ability to do art. It just kills me. It's like, I, I, yeah. I was able to do art at one point. Can't prove it, but they do gooder art than me. So go check out their stuff. Right. So totally. Yeah. Right. So, all right. In the meantime, are we ready to do, um, some, uh, uh, box office barometers of the game. I don't know. Here, words, 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 Time to play the game. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel appreciating, uh, you know, uh, the triple H music here. Triple H is my favorite wrestler of all time. I very appreciate it. Yeah, it's yeah. good, bad, otherwise. But, you know, like, I do respect him more and more. So I'll put this that, that, that way. So, sure. all right, to, to round it out here, um, I, like, I need to have, like, you on for a wrestling episode at some point. That'd be fun. Anyway. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll do that if we'll do Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make those happen this summer. What, what, if, what if I had you guys on for the Roger Corman Fantastic Four? The, like I bet we'd be on for that too. Yeah, let's just do a whole month of Fantastic Four, Paul. <laughs> four. Like, I'm not. I'm, weeks. Half, I'm actually only half kidding. Like we four, could in like, like next month if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah. We could just do Corman's. <sighs> we could do the two. Uh, the two with uh, Alba, and we could do the the really really bad one. Like the, oh, the, the one really, that, the one that kind really of, the Josh one. Trank one that just kind of exists. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Can I, like maybe can we like, here here I'll put it this way? Can we do the Corman one on your show? Because I think that would be more in your wheelhouse with you and Samuel. That'd be a lot of fun. absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll make that happen. We'll we'll start we'll start at ours. We'll do Corman. Then we'll do two episodes of your show on <laughs> two album. And I then mean, you can come well, back round well, up. Well, I don't know about that, but I, oh gosh. All right, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, we'll make that happen. We'll we'll get in touch. But anyway, yeah. let's play our let's yeah. play your game. Yeah, let's play the game. All right. So we're gonna do and everybody uh, everybody listening at home, you make sure uh we got, we got to put that on social media. You got to get Paul to agree to this. So everybody out there who's listening to the show, go on social media oh, and demand a month of Fantastic Four from uh, at the devil's ball and invasion of the pocket. Oh, man, maybe, maybe I'll try to loop in. Um, cause it wouldn't make any sense, but loop in strange highways with Terry to yeah. punish him. Let's uh, do it. like, let's just do it. And maybe we'll try to figure out a fourth podcast that we may know. <laughs> maybe we'll try to just like, we'll uh, do, actually, I, I might know a couple people. We'll, but yeah, we'll do a crossover. We'll do a crossover of it, of all the fantastic four films. It'll be let's amazing. Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to make this it. happen. Let's um, do it. But hey, let's play your game. Let's punish let's, everybody, right? Let's punish everybody. All right. So let's do it. Uh, here we go. All right. All right. Yeah. I know, I know you have more important things tonight, including watching a Spider-Man film that I'm jealous of. All right. So here we are. Um, we're going to do a box office barometer in terms of Sin City. So I'm going to do a higher or lower. So for 2005, according yeah. to Box Office Mojo, uh, Sin City was, uh, here we are, number 32 for the year. Um, like in terms of, this is for the year, the actual year 2005, not actual take because it's a little weird. So for the year of 2005, because we know it actually performed much better than this. It sure. came at 74 million and change. Right. So you're going to, okay. so I'm going to, anything I'm going to ask you is going to be higher or lower than Sin City at yeah. number 32. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Flight plan with, um, Denzel Washington was no, no, it was Jodie Foster. That's the one where her kid got stolen on the, the plane. 
Oh, I don't think I've even heard of that movie. All right. Uh, I'm going to guess lower. Higher, 89 million. All right. Okay. Um, Sahara with Steve Zahn and Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey. Lower. Lower. Yeah. <laughs> 68 million. Yeah. Um, Herbie, fl- fully loaded. Higher. The- uh, lower. That was the oh. one that they actually had to airbrush. Uh, um, oh, what's her name's um, Lindsay Lohan's uh, breasts. Uh, her her cleavage out because they're like, oh, she's getting a little booby too much for this film. <laughs> okay, that's great. Yeah, because like it was one of those things. It's like it was right before she got released from her Disney contract, and then went nuts. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, Bewitched. Higher or lower? That's the remake with. Um uh, Will Ferrell and uh, oh um, uh, yeah uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife Nicole Kidman yes yeah <laughs> don't dis- don't do not dismiss Nicole Kidman by calling her Tom Cruise's <laughs> forgive ex-wife me. forgive me right. Tom Cruise is her ex-husband that's true okay? that's true yes he might be a major movie star but he's never as good an actor as Kit- Nicole Kidman but that, that's true um, uh, but okay uh, I'm gonna guess that was higher it was lower sixty three million oh. all right okay. all right uh, Saw two. Higher. A6 million. Oh, that movie makes me so frustrated because. I hated that movie, yeah. What? I hated that movie, Saw 2. Well, because it was um, adapted from a film that people would argue was Robin Cube. Of like, because it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't written as Saw 2, but they took something that they wedged in because the film did so good. But it was basically an adaptation of Cube, which if you've not seen that film. Yeah. Yeah. Cube is amazing. Anyway, very low budget, but great. Mm -hmm. Um, Hitch, the Will Smith uh, romantic comedy, higher or lower? Higher. 179 million. Yeah. That is frustrating. I was going to say that was a hit. Yeah. Yeah. It was a hit. Yeah. It was a hitch. All right. Um, (laughs) Oh, God, Paul. (laughs) Come on. You know, you know what I'm capable of. You know my power. I do. Deal with it. Deal with it. The the remake of the Amnibo Horror with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Lower. $65 million. You're right. Yeah. I actually like that. I thought it was okay. I thought it was it okay. It was an okay film. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crash. Oscar nominated and winner of Best Picture. Mm, that's a good question. Mm, lower. Lower. Fifty-three million, right? Okay, so, yeah. I was gonna say I don't think the Oscar winners don't usually do that well, and also that movie guy kind of sucked. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. All right. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, Sideways, another film that had critical acclaim. Lower. Fifty million, right? Yeah. All right. Um, Cinderella Man. Is that Russell Crowe? Yeah, it was Russell Crowe. Boxing Crow. movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, higher. Uh, lower. This is city. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are we there yet with Ice Cube? Uh, you know that family fun film. Yeah, I actually would guess. I'm gonna guess that was higher. It was higher, eighty million. Yeah. that is yeah. frustrating. Um, the sequel to The Ring, The Ring Two, as in T W O, not two O O, which would have been better. The Ring as well. <laughs> the Ring Two, also The Ring. Yes. Um, uh, that would probably that. I don't think that movie did well. I'd say lower. Higher. Really? Um, That's interesting. 76 million, okay. right? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pacifier. Vin Diesel is uh, as uh, Mr. Nanny? Yes. Yeah. Uh, lower. Higher. 113 really? million. Okay. That's this, right. Vin Diesel kind of was a successful 
actor at one yeah, point. Yeah, is that is that? From, like, he, I mean, it's all. Like, I I get so tired of the family memes now. But you know, but all right. So. I think they reached their pinnacle with the um, uh, the one that I saw, which was the uh, the End Game finale. With uh, it, but instead of Carol Danvers, it was coming through the spaceship at the end. It's Vin Diesel in a car, <laughs> and it explodes, and he said, and it, they loop in one of his lines, but it's about family, and it it made me laugh. And I, but I was like, I think that they've reached the pinnacle of it, and the family memes just don't work anymore. But yeah, no, it's frustrating. I just like, it's it's like it's such an easy like I, I get tired of like they're like because the fa- like social media like everyone's like you'll see like different like things. It's like, like, come on. Like, that's not even a joke. Like, can you just not make it anyway? So, all right. All um, I've seen of, all I've seen of fast X is the mid credit sequence. Uh, and it's gloriously dopey. Um, and the rock apparently it just mispronounces son of a bitch to some bitch. And it's very, very, well, okay. Well, but, that's funny. So yeah. can I, can I admit something here? This is one of my, uh, one of my confessions. So, uh, but which I'm I'm perfectly fine with. I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. I've seen. I think I saw the first one and maybe one other one, and I don't remember which one. So, so I'm with you. All right. So. Here's the thing: I've never admitted to any like out loud to anybody. So, are you ready for this, Nathaniel? I am. All yeah. right. So when I was in high school, I was dating a girl that um, it's high school. Yeah, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, you don't know how to deal with like relationships or like what the nice things to say to, to people. I just, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, she cheated on me. I'll put this in quotes. You can see on the camera I'm with, uh, she ended up going to see a fast, the first fast and furious was somebody in the theater. And then yeah. told me after. And, and then she's like, I'm breaking up with you. But here's the thing too, by the way, um, yeah. I didn't have a car cause I was goddamn high schooler i got mm-hmm. taken out of her house and then we were walking along this like goddamn dirt road because it's west virginia and she's like i'm breaking up with you and then she told me about watching the first fast and furious which i didn't realize it's gonna be a, a franchise because i'm like what seven 16 17 maybe 15 yeah. oh, okay. you know my voice is breaking and she's like but you could still go to church with us tonight and i'm like no, i'm good um so uh, I'm gonna guess that relationship didn't like work out really well for her, but I also didn't go to church that night, so I don't know. I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm good. There were a lot of twists and turns in that story. Well, no, because um, like okay. Also, by the way, real quick, I know, I know, time is a little tight. I, don't, oh, I think right. you have a little bit of time, right? I got a little. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I grew up in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. Her family house, um, it was a house, but it didn't always have like an actual floor like it originally had a wood i had a dirt floor and then eventually oh. got like boarded over uh so it was a really tiny house with her and her sister uh that had a dirt like it had a wood floor but it's like not that far removed because west virginia but it's like oh oh okay so you told me that like you're breaking up with me so i can still go with you to your pentecostal church that had outhouses Versus right. like actual plumbing. Sure. Yeah. I'm good. So maybe I'm holding a grudge a little too long, okay. but I've never seen like a Fast all of and this Furious is, film. All of this is caused because she went and saw Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I'm good. Also, okay. none of those well, films look great anyway. So right. I think I'm good. You know. So Fast and Furious ended your relationship and you're you're no. upset about this. All yeah, I don't know. Like, but also like I don't know. 
I I was I was just like I was a super Christian wearing sweatpants reading the Bible and I got I got cheated on by going to a Fast and Furious film. I see. Like, okay, yeah, so yeah. she wrote different guy to see yeah. Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So she was all Fast and Furious, and I was all like slow and serious. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a, that's a very very interesting story. I yeah. Did, yeah, not great. But I'm just letting everybody know. Oh, what no, happened. no, it's a, it's it's a good story. Yeah, is I it? Mean, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. I shouldn't judge a film franchise because, I, like, <laughs> because I was a dumbass sweatpants wearing like high school kid. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So no, that didn't happen. Anyway, so all right. I'm glad you appreciate that. All right. I do. I do. Yeah, I don't mean to laugh at you. At no, no. Pain, like you can laugh at me. It's dumb as it's right. dumb as fuck. I just say that there. Yeah. Oh, I broke the seal. All right, but you, you said go. it earlier. So there's two f words. All right. Um, all right. Um, the uh, uh, sorry, Constantine. Oh, uh, ooh, that's another good question. Yes. Um, I'm gonna say lower. Higher, barely seventy five wow. and change. Okay, I didn't. Think That's that a fun movie. I just like I didn't. I didn't dislike it when I saw it. All right, yeah. um, uh, all right. Uh, the Aviator. You know, the first time, one of the first times, uh, DiCaprio tried to get the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would probably did lower. Higher, barely seventy eight million. All, all right, right. Uh, here we go. Couple more. Thank you for uh, putting up with this dumbass game, but this is always oh, fun. Yeah, okay, it's two thousand five, right? Like so. Okay, yeah. here, here. I'll put it this way here, um, because I think you and I we're close in age. Let, can I give you the top ten? I, I mentioned I already mentioned a couple of these, but let me give you the top ten sure. for okay. the year. Star Wars Episode Three: Re- Revenge of the Sith. Sure. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I, in my mind, in terms like. I didn't realize that was the same year. That's yeah. that's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. 2005. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds, um, okay. which was half of a good movie. Uh, Chronicles mm-hmm. of Narnia, the first one. Uh, Wedding Crashers, okay. number five. Yeah. Charlie the Chocolate Factory with uh, Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. and number six. Batman Begins at seven. Madagascar at eight. Uh, Mr. Right. And Mrs. Smith at nine and then Hitch at 10. Okay. Like weird year, right? That's very weird, weird year. Yeah. All right. I do remember. Yeah. 2005. Yeah. Like wedding crashers in Madagascar were both like, they were, were, were movies that were like, everybody was like, well, these came out of nowhere. It is yeah. exceptionally well. Yeah. Yeah. But. And then Madagascar, it's like, yeah, but like, what if we like to move a move? It's like, but what if we don't like to move a move it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you have wedding crashers. Yeah, no. When I worked at Blockbuster, we could only have like PG movies put in, and one of my coworkers would put in Madagascar, and I wanted to murder her. Like, oh, I just, I just like. So I would find other movies to put in, and like it was every her default setting was always Madagascar, and it's like you'd hear the movie over and over again while you're putting movies away, and you're like, I understand why people go in bell towers right now. I understand yeah, that. Yeah. Like, like um, yeah. yeah. It was during, Guardi- during at the theater the same thing I think during Guardians of the Galaxy um it's in a different theater it did a different it's still out right now but yeah. it's in a different one of the houses but um in the houses it was in for its first couple of weeks uh, every single day I could hear Rocket's scream of anguish um yeah. multiple times a day um and I would always be like well that's fun but you know oh. after uh, high evolutionary does his thing and, ah! oh. <laughs> 
No, uh, we used to have like a rotating like um, like DVD yeah. that would play like ads and stuff and like trailers and blockbuster. Okay, yeah, yeah. And one of them was an older um, uh, Redenbacher popcorn commercial, like from the seventies. And okay. it was a cop going up to over Redenbacher, like stopping from popping popcorn. And he's like, what are you doing? And the guy's like, well, I'm over Redenbacher. And then the officer would be like, Redenbacher? Uh? So I'd hear that like every like 90 minutes. And it was one of those things that's like, I would go, I would like look over at my coworkers, my friend Joe, who used to be uh, my original like co-host on the show. Like when we were working together at Blockbuster, he was, he was my manager with sight and scene. He had no idea that I was about to, I was like, Redenbacher. Uh? <laughs> he started laughing and I realized we'd be friends for life Yeah, because of the repetition. So yes. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. A couple more. We'll, we'll sure. wrap this up. Yeah. Um, after I gave you the top 10, uh, chicken little Zach Braff as chicken little higher or lower. Lower. Higher. It was yeah. 131 million. Mm. All right. What else we got here? Um, oh, um, flight plan. I did. I mentioned already with the Denzel Washington. Yeah. Sorry. Jody Foster. All right. Um, uh, the interpreter. That was, um, if I recall, was that uh, George Clooney and Nicole Kidman? Uh, I thought that was the peacemaker. That was the peacemaker. It was um, who's in this? Um, Nicole Kidman was in that. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm going to guess lower because I never heard of it. Uh, Seventy-two million, so it was higher. Oh, okay. That's interesting. All right, all right. Uh, two more. We'll okay. wrap it up. Two more. Uh, Corpse Bride, higher or lower? Higher. Higher. It was uh, 53 million. And then um, let's see here. Kicking and Screaming, the Will Ferrell soccer movie. Will Ferrell soccer movie. Uh, higher. Oh. Was it higher? It was higher. 52 million. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I'm, I'm coughing and kicking and screaming. I apologize. Yeah. Because, no. um, you know, I was coughing the last five days. Anyway. Yeah. That's going to do it for um, our show before sure. I cough myself to death. Nathaniel, yeah. thank you for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Oh, no, always. It's always fun to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for picking Sin City. It was a lot of fun to talk about that as well. Uh, so um, you've already pimped your wares. Next yeah. week for our show on Invasion, I'm having my friend Trevor on who does the, um, you know, the Theater War podcast. Um, I was on there for a very extensive talk about um, – Oh, oh, what was the film? It was um, the, the the Civil War film we'd talk about, Gettysburg, you know. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, there you go. We're talking about Miracle, um, about the hockey team. It was from uh, 2004. It's going to be a lot of fun. So here we go. I'm trying not to cough a lot right now because I'm going to cough. Nathaniel, thank you for coming on the show. And. <laughs> oh, no. He's coughing again, guys. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Oh, he's back. I'm back. I'm going to cough more. Anyway, thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's it. We're done. I'm going to cough more. <laughs> thank you. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Thank, Jesus goddamn Christ. Anyway. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, everybody. Cough, 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 cough.
Call content to shit All the words that you spit Never gonna stay Feel the noise.